0: See Chicago's game day only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
1: He was going the right way! Cohen, all the
2: way! Touchdown, Chicago! for me he goes right bow! Oh. Stop it, Samson! Did you not get the memo? He
3: ain't wow. cut for the massage, he you came know. for the facial! Oh my goodness! Yeah.
0: Chicago's Game Day.
3: Garcia's home. Hanson scores. Sets low what a comeback. Chibisky escapes again and he's got plenty of room to run. Look at him go. And There's the athleticism for the rookie. Back toward the wall. It's gone.
0: This is Chicago's Game Day only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
4: Welcome in to Chicago's Game Day on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Bleck along with Adam Abdallah. We're here till noon with you talking about Chicago sports. And we're open for business at 312-332-3776. Or you can tweet at us uh, at Adam is uh, at Adam A. Abdallah. I'm at, at Chris Bleck. We're here till noon. In 25 minutes, we will talk with Nick Friedel. ESPN NBA reporter covering the Chicago Bears yesterday at Soldier Field. I'm sure Nick was thrilled when he found out that he was traveling down to Soldier Field and the lakefront to cover a team that wasn't playing any of their starters. At least he didn't have to go on the road to cover it. Well, yeah, that, that is true. Uh, so we will talk to Nick in 25 minutes. We will talk Cubs uh, throughout the day as the Cubs beat the Reds yesterday 10-6. to 6. They're now four games up on the Cardinals, four and a half games up on the Brewers. Kyle Hendricks will go to the mound today for the Chicago Cubs. But we have a lot of football conversation over the next three hours, Adam. And we will start with the Chicago Bears and their decision not to play any starters yesterday in the preseason game
5: against the Chiefs. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think that Mitchell Trubisky would have benefited from 30 more refs from some in game action? Normally, The starters, now the Bears had the extra preseason game with the Hall of Fame game, but none of the starters played, so it didn't really count. So we're throwing that one out. So in the all-important third preseason game as we've come to know it, right? Normally the starters go into the third quarter. This is, by writer's standards, as they like to point out, the dress rehearsal for the regular season, because no one plays in the fourth preseason game, right? So is Matt Nagy... Ahead of his time? Is this what we'll see from now on? Will will coaches see this and say, hey, I don't what does Aaron Rodgers need extra reps for? What does Tom Brady need all these extra reps for? Oh, that's fine. We don't need to play them. Or will this come back to bite Matt Nagy when the offense isn't clicking, when they're messing up the snap still? When Trubisky doesn't have any relationship with his, uh, with Allen Robinson, with Trey Burton, with Kevin White, guys who he hasn't played a whole heck of a lot with, because he didn't play the entire season last year, he only started twelve games in college, so he doesn't have that much that much experience starting as a quarterback. But no, it's okay. Addressed. They've got enough staffs, right? Yeah, and okay,
6: you
4: you look at the game and. In the grand scheme of things, it may not matter at all, right? You come out, you look good against the Packers, it doesn't matter. You come out, and in the first four weeks of the season, Trubisky looks like the real deal. The offense is clicking. Everything's going your way. It doesn't matter. Even if you come out and look kind of bad in the first game, first couple of games, you could also point to that it's also Abdallah, just preseason, and it may not matter, right? I do think it's fascinating, though, that remember before the preseason started, there was a lot of talk about how this team got the extra week, right? Because you're playing in the Hall of Fame game. So you got to report to camp early. Mm -hmm. You get all this extra time Mm -hmm. that other teams in the league did not get. Yet for some reason, you chose not to take advantage of it, which I think is interesting. Um, It's a little strange because the way football is – Perceived in my head is that there's never enough time in a week to prepare for a football game. So when you get into the the schedule of the season from Sunday to the next Sunday, it's a full on sprint until you get to that game. Like there's never enough hours in the day, right? Like we all hear the stories of head coaches that sleep on their their couches in their offices or they they go home for a couple hours and then they're back at the office at 430 in the morning because... Mm -hmm. There's not enough time to break down the film, to go through the the practices, to do your work and everything else. And it just seems fascinating to me that you're a new coaching staff. You have young players on offense. It's a complicated, somewhat system that they need to learn. Yet you've chosen to not take full advantage of what's in front of you. And and that's what is so bizarre, I think, about not playing these guys. And I get Not wanting guys to get hurt, that Mm -hmm. makes total sense in my head. But like you said, Adam, there's a lot of rhythm, timing, uh, comfort level that needs to come from wide receivers, quarterbacks. Uh, I don't think uh, against Green Bay, Trubisky's going to step on the field and be a maestro of this offense. And I don't think he's going to be a maestro of coordination with his wide receivers where if he comes to the line he sees a set against him that he doesn't like he could say i'm gonna do this with my hand and all boom alan robinson knows exactly that i'm gonna put it back shoulder a little dig route and boom we don't even have to communicate because this is second nature that's what aaron Rodgers does it's what mm-hmm. tom brady does mm-hmm. it's what the great quarterbacks drew Brees, it's what they do in the nfl I don't feel comfortable as a Bears fan heading into week one against the Packers that my quarterback is going to be a maestro of this offense.
5: And I will say that I don't know if the 30 snaps would have made the difference, right? Like, I don't know this. I don't know. We we. I can't go to the future and tell you what they're going to do against Green Bay. I know that the Packers are an improved team. They get Aaron Rodgers back. I know that they're going to be good. They're going to be one of the top teams in the division. They're going to be one of the top teams in the NFL as they are every year when Aaron Rodgers is healthy, correct? So I would think that you would want as much work as possible. You want as you want as much time to click with this team offensively as you can get. You and I were at the Fantasy Football Convention yesterday. Thank you to everybody that came out. It was Fantastic fun seeing time. everybody. We got to see Steve Mongo McMichael. We got to see John Yurkovic. guys that played in the NFL for years. Steve oh, Mongo yeah. McMichael, a master of the defense. A great yeah a great Bears player for for many years right he said to us as someone who watches the game and someone who played the game and someone who looked at quarterbacks right someone who was staring into the eyes of quarterbacks and trying to get to them as much as possible he said it doesn't look like the game has slowed down for him yet basically well Mongo pointed
4: out to us that and we were having our own little uh chalk talk in the in the green room with mongo Mm -hmm. and mongo said to us that when was the last time trubisky looked like he was faster reacting to what he was seeing on the field and and before we could answer mongo said the first game in the preseason last year when trubisky kind of lit it up and he Mm -hmm. looked really good and mongo goes since then The NFL's been a blur to him. When he drops back, he just sees figures moving, and it's a blur, and that's why the decision-making process is slow, Mm -hmm. and that's why Trubisky struggles is because he can't make decisions quickly enough in-game speed, in-game situations, thus making him not as good of a quarterback as his talent should allow him to be. Absolutely. It sounds like with Trubisky, a lot of this is on the mental side of the game. Right, because like the arm is there. Yeah, talent's uh, there. He can he can make all the throws. He can run. He looks like a great athlete. Mm-hmm. But it seems as if picking up the offense to a point
5: where he can pick you apart, that has not come yet, and I'm not sure when we'll see that. The other thing that was pointed out, and I mentioned that we talked to Yurko as well, and Yurko made the point, and you and I have made the point as well, I don't want to hear about experience anymore. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that, well, this is his first year in the system. I don't want to hear that, well, he only played 12 games in college. I don't want to hear that, well, this is a, this is a work in progress. This is all that kind of stuff. Cause even yesterday after the game, Matt Nagy was contradicting himself. We don't think these 25 snaps, 30 snaps would have made a difference. We've had 2,000 snaps as a, as a team. He's had 2,000 snaps in practice and in reps. We think the reps are there, but this offense is a work in progress and it takes time for it to evolve and it takes time for everybody to get it. Well, if it takes time for everybody to get it and time for evolve, why the heck wasn't Trubisky out there playing yesterday? Why? I, and I don't care about. I don't care about the fa- – I, listen, I don't care about the pleasing the fans and I don't care about everybody being upset that he wasn't out there and people well, went listen, to the game. When, when was the
4: last time this franchise pleased the fans?
5: Exactly. My point is I'm concerned with – as a fan of the football team, I don't think that they're ready to go out there and play Green Bay and I don't think that they've had enough reps. I don't care if you've had 2,000 reps. 2,030 is better than 2,000, right? Playing against another team – Is good. And I would say this. Yesterday's third preseason game was more important because you played against a guy who knows you. You played against a guy in Andy Reid who knows what you're going to run. Well, and
4: leading up to the game, it's the the one preseason game that you are game-scheming for, and then you decide to scrap it all. Like, what was the point of... But don't you think... Yeah, but like a, for, for a, a what a scheming test. took place into the game, it, it's it it would be interesting to see at least for a quarter the chess match back and forth against yeah. Andy Reed.
5: Andy Reed knows what you're gonna do on offense. He taught you offense. He knows what you're gonna do. It would have been good to see someone scheme against that who knows what you're gonna do. And when you and I found out the news initially, we were on the air here at eight o'clock at night on Friday night. We found the news. Well, news dump. My initial thought was maybe he doesn't want to get shown up. Well, maybe he doesn't want that. to get shown up. And then, guess what happens? Mm-hmm. Chase Daniel goes out there and beats the world. Right? Well, okay. I mean, yeah. Threw for two hundred yards. He had a perfect quarterback rating in the first quarter. He looked good. Right? Yeah. right? For a backup that. Knowing
4: what the backup is, I I feel okay heading into the season. If you want to join the conversation this morning, you can call us at 312-332-3776. If you're just waking up on your Sunday morning, getting coffee, running errands, doing everything, maybe you haven't heard Matt Nagy. We've kind of paraphrased what he said after the game yesterday. Maybe you missed it last night. Here's why Nagy said the starters did not play yesterday.
7: The biggest thing right now, um, so with where we're at, it's been a great, 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 great training camp for us so far and so i think for us we have to understand that as coaches and players we had the hall of fame game and um yeah the starters the starters didn't play i get that but the starters have had a lot of reps in practice and then we take that and we have another preseason game and then we go ahead and and we have two awesome practices against denver um, that get physical and and so we've been going for a long time and uh, the players, one thing with our practices is, I, you know, just kind of knowing where we're at practice schedule-wise and the amount of reps that we get in a practice, they're heavy. And there's a lot of, a lot of times where our guys are flying around and, 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 um, and giving everything they got. So for us as coaches going into, into this week, we just felt like, and I felt in particular, that, hey, this is a position right here where um, let's talk about this and let's, let's think here. If, if we have a great week of practice – and it's fast and it's it's fluid and there's no mistakes. You know, then then let's uh, let's think strongly here about sitting some of the guys for for this game. And really, health wise, you know, for where they're at right now, forget all the risk reward stuff. It's it's health wise. Like where where are they? And we have some guys that are tired. So um, inevitably, I want our guys to be um, ready to go, hundred percent health wise for for that week one Packers game. And that's as simple as it gets. So they they. Uh, They didn't know that, and they didn't find out until yesterday.
4: That's Matt Nagy after the game. Uh, He also responded to those who think that Trubisky needs
7: more reps. Here he is. I hear it. But, but I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't believe it right now in regards to with where we're at. We're at, we're at almost 2,000 snaps right now in practice. Right now, team snaps and OTAs until now, we're in 2,000 snaps. And so for somebody to tell me that 25 to 30 reps is going to go ahead and make him a better player week one, week two, week three, is, it's not going to happen. We're, this offense does take time. It doesn't mean that, that for him he can't be successful, but 25 to 30 plays, regardless of just Mitch, uh, in general, I think it, it's it's uh, um, we've had a lot of reps and we get quality reps in practice. And I think that's what's so neat. And and it's just uh, I understand. Let me make this clear. I understand where how people can say that. I understand it. But for me, I need to do what's best for our team and for 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 where we're at. OK, and I understand that sometimes that can affect fans. But tr- trust me that the thing I'm trying to do is do the best thing for our fans. And that's that's have our guys ready to to, to go in week one.
4: Matt Nagy,
5: it's neat that they've had uh, such good reps in practice, Abdallah. I'm glad, and I'm glad. And I hope they get their naps in. I hope they sleep in late on that Sunday against the Packers so they're not tired. I hope, I hope the game doesn't go too late for them because I don't want them to be tired out there. Maybe they, can get a, maybe they can get a quick nap in today after the game yesterday. It was hot out there. It was muggy. I
4: have a list for you uh-uh. that I put together. Do we have enough time for
5: this list? Do we have yeah. Eric? Do we yes, have enough time have for enough this time. list?
4: Lena Rip. Okay. okay. So on Friday and Saturday, I want you to tell me when to stop. Okay. Uh, I've got a whole list compiled I did some research before the show. Of what? Uh th- I'm going to give you some stats and names. I need to know of what? I'm building it up here. Uh these are quarterbacks. Is that music creeping in? Yeah, so some, mu- some, cre- some creepy music, some creepy list music coming at you. Um, and we will get your calls in at 312-332-3776. Uh, regarding Trubisky and the Bears, mm-hmm. Friday and Saturday of this week, these are quarterbacks okay. who played. Okay, That's the list that I have here. Oh, okay? quarterbacks who played. So, okay. So I'm going to start with Kirk Cousins. He went 17 of 28. He threw for 182 yards. He played. On Friday or Saturday of this week. Can I comment?
5: Go ahead. Am I allowed to comment on sure.
4: the list? Okay. This is a long list, by the way, so you, you might want to keep your comments no, short. No, no, I just want to make I just so. want to make the point. Yeah, Kirk Cousins,
5: ahead. new quarterback for the new Minnesota system. Vikings, yeah. yep. new system, mm-hmm. wants to learn the new system, yeah, right? So I right? get it. He
4: had to play. Okay. Exactly. Okay, exactly. next up on the list, Russell Wilson. Oh. He threw for uh eleven of twenty-one, one hundred and eighty-two yards as well. For the Seattle Seahawks. Said he's never felt better behind an offensive line. Tom Brady. Oh, he went 12
5: of 18 for, Tommy? One, for 102 yards in their preseason game this weekend. He said that he needed to play because he wanted more familiarity with his wide receivers. Grace of all time, by the way. Just wanted, just wanted to say. Uh Cam Newton, he went 11 of 17,
4: 142 yards. Yeah, he got rocked though. Yeah, but but he still played. He got rocked. Though. Uh, Matthew Stafford, nine of eighteen. 113 yards. Oh, you would think that they would be familiar. New coach? New coach coming in? Ben Roethlisberger. Yesterday I watched this game on NFL Network. He went 11 of 18. He threw for uh, 114
5: yards and a touchdown for Big Ben. Oh, okay. That's good. He's often injured. Like, he always misses a couple games, you know? It was kind of risky to have him out there, but but I'm sure he wanted to be out there.
4: Next page, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. 9 of 19, 135
5: yards in his game this weekend. Jimmy G. Uh, not not a new system for him, but new were because he, he only had a few games last year. Probably wants to get more familiarity, right? Andrew Luck. He went 8 of 10, 90 yards and a touchdown. Andrew Luck comes
4: back and plays. That's how he sounds. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. 11 of 16, 115 yards, one touchdown this weekend. Injured all of last year. Needed to come in, get some reps. I get it. Blake Bortles, uh, 7 of 23, 204 yards, two picks. But he played. Surfboard. Uh, Matt Ryan, 5 of 12, 57 yards. Okay. But he was in the game, right? That's fine. He
5: was out there. He's out there.
4: Phil Rivers, Phil Rivers, 5 of 7, 29 yards. He didn't play a whole lot, but he was out there, right? Yeah. Hall of Famer in the yeah. future, right? Yep. 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 Do you agree yep. with that? Not to go side topic on you, but Rivers is going to make the Hall of Fame at some point.
8: Ooh, ooh, ooh,
4: that's a whole nother debate. Yeah, okay, uh, one other uh, name on the list uh, I've got here uh, is like go through my list uh Easy lots of research i, I put yeah, into this okay. before the show uh uh-huh. drew Brees, seven of nine 59 yards an interception darwin james picked him off it was awesome did you see that yes i did yeah uh but drew Brees also a hall of famer he was
5: out there yes, playing yesterday. that's that's no question he's a hall of famer but and I'll uh there. to wrap up this list
4: here that i have uh one last name uh one uh P. Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Oh. 18 of 24, 196, Dang. and a touchdown for the Dang. Kansas City
5: Chiefs. Against against the top top 10 defense? No. No oh. shot.
4: Uh, so there's my list that I came up with. A lot of work went into that, Abdallah. Uh, the I point appreciate being that. I appreciate uh, you doing all those clicks. You have the greatest quarterback of all time playing this weekend. Mm-hmm. You have a Hall of Fame quarterback and Drew Brees playing this weekend. Mm-hmm. You have a guy coming back from injury, Andrew Luck, playing this weekend. Mm-hmm. You have a former MVP playing this weekend, Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. You have Matthew Stafford, who I think is a definite top 10 quarterback playing this weekend. True. You got Jimmy G, who's the uh, the quarterback god in the making, uh, playing this weekend. How about Roethlisberger? Always injured. Always injured. Always. But he's out there playing. And in fact, there. he played quite a bit yesterday yesterday. Uh, Russell Wilson's out there. Kirk Cousins, a new team playing. Matt Ryan playing. Phillip Rivers. Ryan Tannehill. Blake Bortles. Patrick Mahomes, young quarterback, getting the snaps, getting the work. But for some reason, our head coach, Mitch Trubisky, Smarter than the room, Well, he doesn't need the reps. Chris, I don't know if you know this, but 2,000 snaps is the new
5: 10,000 hours.
4: That's why I heard, uh, because Matt Nagy's Malcolm Gladwell now, apparently, yeah. and he's read yes. Outliers, and, and that's
5: what we're, what we're going to use. Once you've gone through the new system in 2,000 snaps, you're a master of the system. And going against another team who's not used to playing you in practice and seeing new defenses and fresh looks against your team in what people call the dress rehearsal to the regular season, no, not necessary. Mm-mm, not for me. If you want to join us,
4: the number is three one two three three two three seven seven six. Matt Park kicks things off this morning. Uh, what do you think of Trubisky not playing, Matt? What do you got?
9: Hey guys, I'm just trying to make rational, like some type of rational sense out of why he does not play. I mean, that list. If you're gonna, if anybody's gonna be held out of a game, it's gonna be Tom Brady or Big Ben, who's you know had ten concussions in his career. But I'm just wondering if you guys think that. Trubisky does not play in this game because if he goes out and he does play and he plays poorly, the fan and Mahomes plays great. The fan base and the media are all going to light a fire under Ryan Pace, saying, "Hey, why did you why did you trade up and draft Trubisky over Mahomes? We should have drafted Mahomes." Blah blah blah. So I'm just wondering if if you guys think at all that this was kind of a, a coy move by Pace and Nagy to kind of. Hold Trubisky away from a, a media firestorm or a fan firestorm if he does go out and performs poorly. That's the only thing I can come up with. The other, the other thing I can come up with is, is maybe we're trying to not put stuff on tape uh, for the Packers game to try to have some type of surprise elements. Uh, you know, a couple weeks from now. But I just, I just can't make heads or tails of why of why Trubisky doesn't play.
4: Hey Matt, let me ask you this question: If your first point is true. How big of a problem is that going forward? If that's what the Bears are worried about is the fans' perception of Trubisky. So they held him out of a preseason game so he doesn't get showed up by Pat Mahomes. How pathetic is that?
9: I, I mean, I just, I just don't understand why he does not play. I mean, it just it, those, those are the only, two, the only two things that make any type of sense to me as to why he doesn't play. I mean, I just I cannot I can't think of anything else.
4: It appreciate your call, man. Sense. We appreciate it, man. Have a good day. All right, Brandon in Fontana, Wisconsin. What do you think of yesterday that none of the starters were playing?
8: Uh, how's it going, guys?
4: Good, man. Uh, What's up?
10: No, honestly, I was calling not not more so for the Trubisky thing. Um, I was just wanted to talk about that uh, Chase Daniel sack. Honestly, I just been uh, roughing the passer call.
4: What do you think, my man?
10: Uh, honestly,
9: I just I don't know if it's I don't know if I missed something. I don't know if I misinterpreted the
4: rule, but I just think that in that aspect of it, the game is changing very in a sad way, right there. And I know a lot of guys will be super upset to see the game this way. I mean, a roughing the passer call. What did you guys? I mean, what did you see out of that? Did I miss anything? Did I not see something that the ref saw?
11: So
5: like. When I watch the the new rule, I don't think this has anything to do with the helmet rule. This is a a what the the refs are trying, what the NFL is trying to stop from happening is the aggressive throwing of the quarterback yeah. to the ground right. and like basically like picking up the quarterback and throwing him or something like more than just tackling if they think it's more than just tackling they're gonna throw a roughing the passer play this year
4: well and we've seen in other games as well that if you even try and tackle a quarterback you could be called for roughing the passer and it's just it's stupid you know like like it's, yes like i feel like there's a level of common sense that's not being used when The officials are making these calls Mm -hmm. and it's like we know it when it's too aggressive. Right. And we know it when it's just a normal football play. Yeah. And the NFL, um, if they don't have a problem with it right now, they will, because I think more fans are going to look at something like that and say, well, what's the point of watching this? If if defensive players can't even tackle the quarterback, which is the main objective to football, if you can't Mm -hmm. get to the quarterback, what's the point? Then you're just watching seven on seven flag drill. Absolutely, you no, know, like that. Yeah. That's not fun. Absolutely. Let's go to Glen in Crystal Lake. What do you think of yesterday?
12: Hey guys, uh, I'll tell you. Between me and a lot of friends of mine, there's been a lot of excitement that you haven't seen around the Bears in like four years. But that uh, what happened yesterday has really poured cold water on it. I mean, now everybody's afraid that they're not even going to try to contend. That they're going to treat the season like an. Extension of the preseason, you know, that this is just going to be a try hard period and we're going to work on some things, you know. Like David Kaplan, I mean, a lot of us thought they were really going to take a step forward this year. And, you know, maybe, you know, nobody thought they were going to win the Super Bowl, but, you know, take a step forward, maybe flirt with the playoffs, just missed it, but there would be optimistic, you know, steps taken. But, you know, now that they're Treatment with kid gloves like this—I don't think they're going to be anywhere near ready to compete, and I think it's going to take all season for them to even pull their head up out of the water.
4: That's a good call, Glenn. We appreciate it. You can call us at three one two three three two three seven seven six. That's what Jamal and Flossmore did. What do you think of Nagy's decision, Jamal?
9: You know, I liked him, man. He—he's the coach. Uh He owned the decision. Uh He had just lost his starting outside linebacker with a broken hand. Uh, just lost his starting tight end uh, with the with the foot uh, injury, foot ankle
6: injury.
10: Um,
9: you know, so if Trubisky goes out there yesterday and, and, and plays 20, 25 snaps and, and is out for the season, and so it's like hard to please Bears fans. And that last call to say that now we're treating it with kids, that's just taking things to the extreme. He decided that they're at a point right now where he wants everyone healthy for Monday night or Sunday night against Green Bay and he owned it, and I appreciate him for owning it and letting people know I am the head coach and I make the decision.
4: Thanks for your call, Jamal. We appreciate it, man. Have a good
5: day. Yeah, I agree with him. I think that the the one good thing is that this is all 100% Nagy's decision and he's going to fall on the sword should they get blown out or they, they don't look good against Green Bay. This is his decision. He's making the calls here, and i uh he's gonna have to deal with the consequences or he's gonna be celebrated if it works, right? And it all comes back to Mitch
4: Trubisky. At the end of the season, if we don't know what he is mm-hmm. and he's average or below average, mm-hmm. we can circle back to the fact that there were some warning signs in the preseason, all the interceptions he threw. Yep. The fact that they kind of held him back a little, they didn't really put him out there in the firing line to like figure it out in the preseason. Mm-hmm. It will all come back. Let's talk to Nick Ferdell when we come back. He was at Soldier Field to watch this game. We'll get his thoughts on what he saw at Soldier Field. We'll also continue to take your calls. Josh, Trucker Jim, Vinny, we'll get you on the line 312 332 3776 Talking Bears football coming up next. Adam Abdallah, Chris Black on ESPN
0: 1000. Oh, this is Chicago's Game
8: Day. Daniel with time has a man. Chicago I think that'll make Kevin
11: White happy it's been so long for this player to contribute and be a part of things. You see how excited he is. Jumping up, high-fiving his teammates, and they're excited for him. He has worked hard coming back from injury. 43 snaps a week ago, and we said this last weekend. He just needs a couple good things to happen. Full shot for a touchdown on the outside. Beats
0: Orlando Skandrick, who's no slouch with his playtime in the NFL. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
4: Adam Amin, Jim Miller, Fox 32 for the highlight yesterday. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. We're here till noon. We get a chance to talk with our friend Nick Fridell right now. He covers the NBA for ESPN. He also has been stepping in and covering the Bears here and there throughout training camp. He got a chance to go to Soldier Field yesterday and take in an exciting preseason game. I'm sure Nick was thrilled to be there uh, until he found out that all the starters were going to sit on Friday night. Nick, when did you find out that you would be
5: covering backups?
13: <laughs> Good morning, my Hi friend. Nick. How we doing? Hi. uh yeah, I found out like everybody else at eight o'clock on Friday night. That's why uh, my first thought was, having been a a, a season ticket holder uh, <laughs> for the Cubs now, but uh, you know, just going to lots of games in my life. My first thought was, all oh, those poor people <laughs> who paid for who paid for these Bears tickets, thinking they'd see Mitch and the fellas. Uh, rev it up at Soldier Field for a half and now they're watching Chase Daniel and you know whoever else is running around although Kevin White did make a, uh, a nice uh, catch there and run a nice route and Javon Wims had a good game guys but I thought of people like Mr. Pat Black who are uh-huh. out there paying money for tickets and they're seeing that. Uh, now I say that after the game Matt Nagy explained himself I know you guys played some of the, the highlights from the press conference after and I understand what he's doing. I understand what he's trying to do. But, you know, to dump that news on fans at, at 8 o'clock the night before the game for people who had paid thinking this is the dress rehearsal, that what, that's what got me uh, kind of most uh, scratching my head uh, going into that game. But, uh, you know, they, they've been at this for weeks. If they get crushed in Green Bay and Trubisky looks bad, guys, uh, Nagy's going to get crushed. Uh, And if they don't and they somehow find a way to win, then maybe he set a new trend here. He does know his team better than anyone else. But if it's me in the first year of a new system, uh, and Trubisky's just in his second year having played a a handful of series in the preseason, if it's me, I'm getting more game reps because I think that you get better by playing uh, in, in live game action, not in in reps in OTAs and reps over the last few weeks in training camp.
4: Now, Nick, uh, you referenced my father, uh, Pat Bleck. You don't want to know what he said about the Bears not playing any of the starters on Friday night.
13: (laughs) I think you spoke for thousands of others in attendance there. Um, So (laughs) since you were there, Nick,
4: what was the vibe in the stadium before the game, like as intros were happening? What did you see? What did you hear? What what was it like yesterday?
13: Well, Chris, the, the craziest part about yesterday is, You've got the starting introductions happening, and they're introducing all the the actual starters in week one. So
6: wait, what?
13: <laughs> yeah, it was it was really kind of bizarre. Like, so they they introduced Trubisky, Trubisky's that... coming out, and he's getting a loud roar from the crowd. And I can't imagine Dude, they
6: dressed.
13: I can't wait, imagine. So so like you're if, telling if you me didn't that no, the... you didn't know that that was happening, and you're just watching yeah, right. warm ups. And you're watching the starting introductions, <laughs> and then the actual game starts, and you're like, "Wait, what?"
5: Dude, Trubisky had full there? pads on.
13: Yeah, they were going through. They were going through warmups. I mean, it was all it was all legit until it wasn't. I mean, that guy truly, <laughs>
4: like truly, the story different. of the 2018 Chicago Bears. It was all
13: legit until it wasn't. <laughs> right, but that's the that's the whole key here. Whether or not Nagy made the right decision, who knows? And you know what? I understand and agree with him. Are the 20 snaps going to make that much of a difference in week 1, week 2, week 3? Probably not. My whole point in the short term is you got all these fans who paid to watch the starters uh, at least for a half. Uh, and if I'm a fan, oh, I I am not happy. I am I am asking for my money back because what you well, saw yesterday, I know next. they won great, but uh, it's just like the NBA, Chris. It's a, it's the same issue that the that league is having when uh, guys say, oh, well, they're going to take the night off uh, today, the Stars. And people say, well, I bought these tickets months ago. I want to see the Stars play. I paid to see the Stars play. And they say, sorry, you know, and that, that's, the way, that's the way this works. So uh, Nagy may be right in the end, and he'll get the last laugh. Uh, on the whole process if they go into Green Bay and they win and they keep improving in the first few weeks of the season. That's all well and good. The whole point to me is uh, you've got fans that pay big money for these seats and you're giving them a much inferior product as far as the talent level of, of the players on the field.
4: Okay, so take us through – So. Here comes the starting lineups. They're going to announce the, the offense. Here's Mitch Trubisky, starting quarterback. They go through, they go through the whole thing. What did it sound like when Chase Daniel came out with the first team? Like, were people (laughs) mad in the stadium?
13: I I think it was more like a collective. Oh, (laughs) because uh, I, I mean, I know everybody in the press box was. Uh, was uh, was waiting for what's coming because they're passing out those sheets, uh, guys, and it says will not play. Uh, and then it's like every Bears starter. And then on the other side of the ledger, it says will not play for the Chiefs. And there's nobody there. What what was interesting to me as we're going through the lineups and who played and who didn't? Maggie uh, who's worked with Andy Reid for a decade, uh, both in Philly and Kansas City. Said he called his old boss and said, "This is what I'm planning, and and this is where we're at in the schedule." And they did have that extra week at camp because of the Hall of Fame game. Uh, and you know, Nagy after the game is saying, "Oh, well, you know, this was really our fourth preseason game. Well, not really because nobody really played in that Hall of Fame game uh, either. Right. And none of the starters did. So uh, I, I found it intriguing that he he had uh, the the respect." To call Andy reed and obviously they're very, very close over time. So it wasn't like the Chiefs. The, the Chiefs knew more than most of the people who were walking in the door. Right. <laughs> the, the Chiefs knew uh, for a little while that hey, we're not going against their ones. It'll be a lot of twos and threes. But again, to me, this is in the short term about trying to to, to get more money off the fans for uh, not delivering uh, a, a product that. Uh, Everybody else, really, in the NFL for a home game is in that third preseason game, that dress rehearsal. Uh, As far as the game goes, I mean, is Kevin White going to have that much of an impact moving forward? Is Javon Wims going to make the team? You know, we'll see. Uh, But nothing can be really gained uh, as far as anybody who, any players who who the majority of fans are going to care about because we didn't see him do anything except get introduced in the starting lineups there.
5: So of the guys that did play, you mentioned Kevin White, Javon Wims, um, James Daniels getting some time at center. What did you make of the guys that actually did start for the offense?
13: Yeah, I mean, uh, Mr. Abdallah, if I'm the Bears, if I'm the Bears and I saw what I saw yesterday, uh, it's going to be a tough choice between uh, Wims and Kevin White. But if it's me, I'm probably going to keep them both because both of those guys showed that they've got – uh, the ability to make some plays happen and you know, everybody's feeling good about Chase Daniel. That's great. Let's see what happens if, uh, if he actually has to get into a game that matters. I mean, I, I think if Trubisky goes down, we all agree that the season's over to begin with, but to, to, uh, take much out of any preseason game is, uh, it is tough sometimes because, uh, you're not seeing much, uh, from the other side. So, uh, the big takeaway as far as any guys who played is that both of those guys in in white and in wins, they've gotta feel comfortable about where they're at heading into these final cuts and you know there's so much focus and there was last year. All right, Trubisky didn't look so hot at times, but he didn't have any weapons around him. It would appear it would appear that he's got a lot more weapons around him this year and now it's up to him uh, to take that next step in, it, in his evolution. The, the reality is, and all three of us have been saying this for a while, with, for all the the Trubisky hype out there, and, and Saturday certainly didn't add to any of it because he didn't play, but what have you seen that leads you to believe that he's ready to take those steps? And, and Nagy uh, was defending his guy as everybody figured he would be after the game, saying, I watch Mitch as closely as anybody, and he's taken all these snaps uh, from OTAs on, and I feel like he's ready to go. Well, great. Well, you just wrote a check uh, that, that Trubisky better be able to cash. Uh, and up to this point, at least in game action, guys, uh, I, I don't know where you would get that confidence from. But, again, the, I give Nagy the benefit of the doubt because he's seeing stuff uh, that the public and the media can't see. But there is no question. He ramped up the, the temperature on that Green Bay game in a major way. Because if they come out flat and Trubisky doesn't look good, oh man, the, the, the first few days after that game were, are going to be fun for, for people who do what we do uh, at radio stations. But if they come out and, and they look okay, well then Nagy's going to say, see, I told you all, I knew what I was doing, uh, and you just got to trust me. So all of a sudden, that first game, uh, as far as first impressions go on a lot of levels, is is very, very big for Nagy, his staff, and Mitch
4: Trubisky. Okay, Nick, before we let you go, uh, what did you make of what Patrick Mahomes looked like yesterday? Because a lot of us Bears fans are going to compare Mitch and Mahomes from here on out until we know what we can make of these quarterbacks.
13: Yeah, Deshaun Watson, too, obviously, Mm -hmm. Chris, uh, in, in Houston. I mean, Mahomes, he's got an absolute cannon. He's had that going back to Texas Tech the thing that struck me watching him live is uh, the guy can just run all over the place. And I, you know, I haven't seen that from Trubisky yet. I know he's got the the power uh, to run around a little bit, but Mahomes can keep plays alive uh, because he has the ability to move and he's got that athleticism uh, that, that coaches dream about. Can he put it all together in Andy Reid's system? Well, a lot of quarterbacks have before, uh, before him, and there's going to be a lot of pressure in replacing Alex Smith. So, I like what I saw. I think he's going to be pretty good, and and that staff knows and has the track record of getting quarterbacks to play at a higher level. So uh, it, it was one of the reasons that so many people were looking forward to that game. As you guys well know, Trubisky uh, versus Mahomes, and to not have it happen, uh, it, it is very disappointing. But. You know what? Again, you prove it on the field once it all starts. And if the Bears and Nagy and Trubisky can do that once the regular season begins, uh, nobody's going to care what happened in this game and nobody's going to remember. But I'm telling you right now, if they come out flat in those first couple games, everybody's going to go, well, why weren't they getting more game reps uh, and why didn't it happen? So it's a, a fun storyline uh, for the next few weeks, and, uh, and that is the crazy part to me. I mean, the Bears aren't going to get – into week one for at least a few more weeks, so now everybody's got to sit and wait and just hope that uh, Nagy knew exactly what he was talking about and he has the right read on his team.
5: How excited are you to cover the fourth preseason game when Nagy rests the ones and the twos?
13: (laughs) It is not happening, luckily, I I believe uh, my friend and our colleague Emily Kaplan will be out there. and. Uh, I will be in L.A., guys. I'm going on the jump.
1: Oh, the All jump! Oh. Yes!
13: Oh. So if anybody's hanging out at, at 2 Central... But uh, I will be. I'll be watching. ...and wants a little chuckle on TV, then, uh they know where to find me. Who so are you that? with? I, I don't know for sure. The first couple of days, I'm, I'm with my buddy Chris Forsberg from Boston. He covers the Celtics. Uh, after that, it, it's going to be a surprise, but... Uh, But I'll be there, and it'll be fun. I I I felt really uh, I felt like uh, I was really in place yesterday, guys. I'm I'm asking Nagy about you know why about fans' reactions sitting starters, and I could feel you know some people in the Bears staff going, "Oh, come on, Friedel." And I'm thinking, "Ah, here we go again." It's just everybody, all these teams in Chicago, they love me, huh? They just love me.
5: Say hi to Ray for me, and we love you
13: too. <laughs> I'm going to see him. I'm going to see our boy, Mister Flores, out there.
4: Yeah, he's doing things in uh, San Marco. You can yeah, ever find out. Set him straight. Doing figure something. out what's going on. Uh, my dad says thank you for the shout out, Nick.
13: Absolutely, anytime. I'm a- I'm always there for him. All
4: right, we'll talk to you later.
13: All right, see you guys.
4: That's Nick Ferdell. He
13: covers the NBA
4: for ESPN. He also covered the Bears yesterday because he's in town. And uh, he'll be on The Jump next week, so check him out on ESPN television.
5: Yeah, um, a lot of reaction on Twitter, and we got a lot of calls here. A lot of people on. I haven't seen anything this two sided in a while. A lot of people are making excuses why they shouldn't have played. A lot of people are making excuses why they should play. It's. Uh, people are either upset or happy. I don't know. People All right.
4: We'll get your reaction next. You can tweet us at Chris Black at Adam A. Abdallah, or you can call 312 332 We're going to you next on ESPN
3: 1000. Oh,
0: this is Chicago's game day only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNchicago.com. Chris Black and Adam
4: Abdallah here on Chicago's game day till noon. Talking about the Chicago Bears with you at three one two three three two three seven seven six. Listen, uh, Nagy doesn't play the starters in the preseason game yesterday. It's an opportunity to see your guys look smooth before you go on out there against the Packers. To me, I would have taken the extra time that was available to you and utilize it, make something of it. The Bears chose not to.
5: Yeah, and a lot of people on Twitter that are pointing out reasons why not. They're saying, oh, well, 25 to 30 stat snaps isn't going to make a difference. Well, then I don't want to hear about lack of experience. I don't want to hear about how this offense takes a while to learn. A lot of people are saying, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't play this week. Okay, Aaron Rodgers huh. didn't play. But Tom, Tom Brady, Brady did. Ben Brees Roethlisberger. did.
4: Ben Roethlisberger did. I mean, we have a whole list of guys that Matthew played Stafford Friday and played. Saturday.
5: Yeah, there's a whole list of guys that, are, that have a history of injury. Yeah. that have played.
4: Let's go on out to the phones. Paul in Lake Forest, you're on ESPN this 1000. What do you think?
14: Hey, good morning, guys. What's up, man? Go. Thank you. Uh, a couple quick things as you're sitting on hold. Um, you think about different things. Uh, my thought is we live in this algorithm world, right? Like baseball is this flawed algorithm called sabermetrics. Mm-hmm. And football is about film you got to watch and you learn uh, uh, tendencies and habits of other teams by watching film. I truly believe he didn't want to show anybody anything, at least have a little bit of a surprise, give you a little bit of a chance against Green Bay in that first game because they don't have anything to look at. They can look at old film of when he coached at KC, but it's different personnel. I don't think he showed one thing on offense. I don't think you can get one thing from looking at at any of their preseason games. And I think that was on purpose. I really do.
4: Appreciate the call, Paul. We, uh, You know, the one thing I will say this about the film concept is if you are a good play caller and you have a good offense, you have so much going on on your Denny's menu playlist that it doesn't matter because you're going to be able to figure out whatever the, the defense throws at you, you have an answer for it. So I, I, I appreciate the call, Paul, but the good and great offenses in the NFL, they need the work, and it's not putting
5: anything on tape because once you put it on tape, you have something else to come at them once they figure it out. If Matt Nagy comes out and shocks the world with his play calling and he, because he didn't want to show anything on tape, then put him in the Hall of Fame right now.
4: Yeah, right. Like, then then he's that good. Yeah. And then the Bears have figured it out. This franchise is saved, and Trubisky's going to the Hall of Fame as well. That's how, i Abdallah. I'm Chris Black. If you want to talk about the Chicago Bears, call us at 312-332-3776. The next half hour is yours. We'll take your calls, and we'll talk about this. Should Trubisky have played in Saturday's game against the Chiefs? We'll talk about it next right here on ESPN 1000.
0: All right. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
7: We have some guys that are tired. Inevitably, I want our guys to be um, ready to go 100% health-wise for that week one Packers game. And that's as simple as it gets.
4: Welcome back to Chicago's Game Day on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Bleck. We're talking to you at 312-332-3776 for your calls. You can also tweet at us. A lot of people tweeting at us this morning talking about the Chicago Bears. Abdallah, as we will continue to talk Bears football right here on ESPN 1000. At 11 o'clock, we'll talk with Matt Fortuna from The Athletic. Some college football conversation, Abdallah, coming up in the 11
5: o'clock hour. Can't wait. We are less than a week now officially. There were some games yesterday, but the real stuff Starts Thursday night, Northwestern and Purdue. Yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup for the Wildcats. Can't wait. So we'll get
4: ready for that game. Also, next Saturday, September 1st, from 3 to 5.30, Abdallah and I will be a part of a new show on ESPN 1000 called Chicago's College Tailgate with Jonathan Hood. We are live at Four Winds Casino in South Bend, Indiana, before Notre, Notre Dame and Michigan the highlight game of the weekend, we will be at the Four Winds Casino in South Bend from 3 to 5.30 doing a live show, the Kankakee Grill, all on ESPN 1000.
5: Can't wait. Should be a great time. Yeah, huge game for both programs. Jim Harbaugh trying to get uh, find his quarterback in Shea Patterson. Notre Dame with uh, college football playoff aspirations, yeah, I would say, They're, this they're year. a
4: sneaky team. Yeah. Their schedule lines up, too. They have some tough games. But if they win said tough games, they will get into the playoff this Mm -hmm. year. So Notre Dame season is going to be definitely one to follow. And then also on Tuesday night, uh, Bleck and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, we're hosting. And at 9 o'clock on Tuesday night, we are going to do our sixth annual college football preview podcast live on the air we've been doing it since 2013 Uh, we go through the over-unders of the top 25 for the entire season win totals and we are going to do that at nine o'clock on tuesday night
5: yeah well we stamp too so you and i we don't talk about the teams beforehand no and if we agree on an over under for wins we talk about giving it our best of 1000 if you will stamp of of approval And uh, what's our record in those?
4: So in the last two years, uh, last year we went 4-1-2. And, mm, mm. and in 2016, we went 3-0-1. Oh, so in the last two years, we're 7-1-3 and three on over-under win totals. So one loss in the last two years. Yep. Not saying just... And it's organic. So so if we both agree, that's mm. not something that's not planned. So we figured out if we... And that's why you have... Not the same number each year because yeah. not o- there's not always stamps to be had. We could agree on two of them. We could agree on seven of them. We don't yeah. know. So uh, that's coming up on Tuesday night at 9 o'clock. And then Saturday, join us live for Wins Casino at the Kankakee Grill. You can join us for the show. Chicago's College Tailgate. and Hood will be there. I will be there. Adam Abdallah will be there. We'll be talking college football with you. Getting you ready for Michigan, Notre Dame. Mm. Hot action to kick off the college football weekend. Okay, so now that's out of the way. Let's talk about the Chicago Bears. Um, With none of the starters starting, Mm -hmm. and if you want to hear, here's Matt Nagy. We just heard him right there. Here's Nagy. uh, If Trubisky doesn't need the reps because he's worked in practice, what if he does need the reps? Here's Nagy on the response to Trubisky needing more reps uh, and how he should have
7: played in the game against the Chiefs. I hear it but but i I, uh, I, don't, I don't believe it right now in regards to with where we 're at. at We're at almost two thousand snaps right now in practice right now. team snaps and oTAs till now we 're in two thousand two thousand snaps and so for somebody to tell me that twenty five to thirty reps is going to go ahead and make him a better player, week one, week, two, week three is it's not going to happen we're, This offense does take time it doesn't mean that that for him he can't be successful, but twenty five to thirty plays, regardless of just Mitch. Uh, in general, I think it, it's it's uh, um, we've had a lot of reps and we get quality reps in practice. And I think that's what's so neat. And and it's just uh, I understand. Let me make this clear. I understand where how people can say that. I understand it. But for me, I need to do what's best for our team and for 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 where we're at. OK, and I understand that sometimes that can affect fans. But tr- trust me that the thing I'm trying to do is do the best thing for our fans. And that's that's have our guys ready to, to, to go in week one. So we'll see
4: week one against the Green Bay Packers if the Chicago Bears will be ready for that game. I, I have doubts that the offense will be up and running and ready to go from the start. I think it will be a difficult game. On the outset, because the Packers are good and they've upgraded the defense. But I also think it will be difficult because I don't think the rhythm, the timing,
5: and everything else will be as crisp as you need for opening night. And look, I don't know if the 25 or 30 or the extra half of football would have made a difference in them being that crisp or being on the same page or whatever. But it wouldn't hurt, right? It wouldn't hurt. The only way it could have hurt is if someone got injured. And you know what? Allen Robinson got hurt on the third play of the season last year. Sure. So you can get hurt anytime. Mm-hmm. It has no—just because you get hurt on the preseason, it makes it look worse. But that injury could have happened week 5 or week 7 or week 10 or week 1 or week 13. It doesn't matter. If you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. Okay? Okay putting this team, wrapping them up, not allowing them to see the field just because you're worried about health. Wrapping them up in bubble wrap, is yeah. that what you... Okay. Yeah, wrapping yeah. them up in just bubble wrap, yeah. Clarifying
4: doesn't, for, for the records, yeah. just making sure, yeah. yeah. Okay. Continue on. Protecting this team,
5: if you want to. Uh, Continue on, sir. Doesn't do them any good, I don't think. So what? They're tired. Camela uh, tweets
4: at us, Camella uh, 1962 uh, tweets, the bear starters will be healthy but have no idea how to play together at game speed. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN one thousand. I've got to move the monitors. See all the calls. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> Josh in uh, Idaho kicks things off this hour. Josh, what do you think of uh, the Bears and uh, them not playing the starters in the game yesterday?
13: All right. First things first. I love you guys. Love listening to the show. Uh, thanks for the entertainment. Thanks, but Josh. we're being a touch extreme here. I think. Uh, you know on one hand you've got you guys are clowning him for for not doing the starters but if he wins week one you know let's send him to the hall of fame and whatnot I mean just a little extreme I don't know about you but I saw the Bears twos torch Kansas City's ones and that to me shows that there's at least some competent coaching going on in the system here so I'm going to trust Nagy in the fact that he knows where his team's at and maybe they just need a little rest and you say that Uh, You know, an injury can happen
12: any time. Let's have it happen during a game that means something versus one that doesn't. I'll hang up and listen.
4: Thank you, Josh. We appreciate the call. And he he makes a great point there because, yeah, injuries happen at any time. You'd rather happen in in a regular season game than in a preseason game. And I agree. The fact that the second unit guys looked pretty good on offense, I think we've seen good steps for the offense. We just haven't seen the top-line players look good in said offense does that make sense like yeah. I, I have full faith in Nagy's offensive system mm-hmm. i have full faith in what he's doing as a head coach i just think that the question for me is whether or not trubisky is going to be a guy and what are you know, if, like like uh, can you separate the two like
5: yeah, i'm absolutely. concerned about trubisky. you know how i'll separate the two go ahead i'll separate the two by saying what if a guy who's been a, a veteran for how long has Chase Daniel been in the league? He's been in the league for a while. For a while. What if a guy who's been in the league as long as Chase Daniel just gets it? What if he just understands it? do stop, stop. No, were. not no, no, saying. Stop. Because you
4: were at the table with myself and Adam Delvitt yesterday, and you heard him say that he's hoping for a, contra- uh, a quarterback no, controversy. that's not what and I'm he's saying. he's hoping that Chase Daniel is a starting quarterback. You heard him saying. say that. That's not Give what I'm saying. Give credit
5: to your boss. That's not what I'm saying, though. What I'm saying is, what if he just gets it? And also, I'll use the other point that people have been using against us for saying, well, maybe they just don't want to show anything on tape. Maybe the Chiefs don't want to show any of their defensive schemes on tape. Maybe they're just running a vanilla cover, two or vanilla whatever. Which I'm sure they were. Of course they were. It's preseason. Why do you think so many of the overs hit? Except for unless you're playing the Browns game, in which case only five points were scored. Three
4: one two three three two three seven seven six. We go on out to Trucker Jim, who's in Oklahoma City. What's up, Trucker Jim?
3: Hey, first off, great move on uh, you guys with Hoodie starting soon. Uh, when it comes to college football, Jay Hood knows as much as anybody. Absolutely. But as far as as far as Nagy, I mean, I've been watching football. 55 years. I couldn't call an offensive play or let you know if a quarterback was a bum or a Hall of Fame. Nagy's been doing this for 10 years. Whatever he has seen, if it's enough for him, it's got to be enough for me. I mean, since 85, every one of our championships has been with a good to great strong coach. If he's going to put all this on him, I'm riding with him. Maybe he knows something about Kansas City that would not let Trubinsky look real good, or he's looking at a seventh lineman out there. He doesn't want to take a chance on Trubinsky getting hurt. I'm riding with him. Let's just see where it goes. Hey, Jim. Yes, sir. Jim, if you believe in Matt Nagy, blow the horn for me. You got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank the you, Jim. Last one was for the new show with you guys and Jay Hood. Yeah. I appreciate it, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jim.
5: Hi, right, gentlemen. Have a good one. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I love it. I love the co- Look, I want Look, I would love for them to go out and surprise Green Bay and be like, "Look, yeah, that's right. Nothing's on tape. What up? New offensive system." we're running the balls with tackles or something. I don't know what they're going to do that hasn't been done in football before. You know what I mean? Like yeah. haven't we come to a point where this is just like yeah. what else can you do? Not we're not much. reinventing the no. game. No. So it's it's not a question of what what can you do on tape that you don't want to show. Sure, you're playing a vanilla offense because you don't because you don't want them to know some of your plays, but ultimately, like you're not you're not worried about that kind of stuff because here's the thing, if you're worried about that then Belichick would never play his starters in a preseason game. Mike Tomlin would never play his starters in a preseason game. The good coaches out there, Andy Reid, wouldn't be playing Patrick Mahomes, but he does. Why? Because he needs experience. Let's go to Bob on the north side. What do you think of the Bears not, uh
4: playing their starters yesterday?
12: I, right, you know what, I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm on the fence Here's what I think I, I do agree with you guys. First of all, what worries me, and I'm kind of you know jumping on your guys' bandwagon. that's Chase Daniels looked the best I've ever seen. Like, I'm Bears' quarterback looking like the last 20 years. So, I do give Matt Nagy, like, whatever he's doing, I think will work. My question is, what do I I don't know that Mitch, that Mitch Trubisky, like, gets it or, you know, like, it, it doesn't, he's never looked like Chase Daniels looked one in the offense. And, and again, I reiterate what somebody else said. Those are the Bears' twos against their ones, and they're going up on the field. <laughs> he's spreading the ball around, I and mean, it, it was something to see. Damn! If he gets and, and uh, let's jump ahead. Let's say the Bears get smoked by
15: Green Bay. P- possible nothing
4: today. Hey Bob, we lost you there. Uh, I agree. Chase Daniel looked really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, we're we're we live in a city where we've never seen a quarterback in our lives. The most popular you know, the first guy quarterback in the Bears? we see. I mean, l- listen, the best we've ever had is Cutler, and uh, we hope that Trubisky could be the savior of the franchise. Chase Daniel looked good in a preseason game against against a unit not really scheming against him.
5: The most popular guy on the Bears team is always the backup quarterback. Well, yeah, I mean. Go to a game and listen to how many people are yelling,
3: Hey, put that Chase Daniels in the game.
5: Put in Haney. God, that guy that sits behind
4: us at games is so annoying. One of these days he's going to be listening. I don't care. Well, I'm not going to. I don't care. Let's go to Jim and Crown Point. I was going to say something I'm not
8: going to say. It would be mean. Jim and Crown Point, what do you got? How you doing, guys? What's great up, show? man? Thank you. Love it. I'm, I want to say a little positive and some negative. A little positive is I really like what I see so far in Nagy's offensive play calling, and I like the fact that Chase Daniels understands the system pretty well. That's a good thing. That, that's something that we can kind of lean on. It was great to finally see Kevin White get a touchdown catch. I enjoyed that. And I really like Sims. I hope he stays with the team and does well this year, in addition to all the other weapons we have. Now we can get into a little bit of negative. I'm a, I've am been a Bear fan for, God, probably 45 years now. Thank God I did not have tickets to that <laughs> game to find out at the last second they're not playing any starters. Don't you guys agree? Absolutely. Nick Ferdell hit it right on the head. Yeah. And the only thing I can say is, okay, we're kind of like, all right, let's trust. Nagy. okay i'll trust Nagy. the one i have a real problem in trusting is pace he's done some very very questionable first round draft picks and i all i can tell you is i sure hope trubisky works out do you guys agree do you do you think trubisky really has it
4: and jim uh, that's i think the topic that Abdal and i will talk about the, the entire season and it's a good question because i'm going to continue to look at deshaun watson I'm going to continue to keep my eyes on Patrick Mahomes. And if these guys excel in year two mm-hmm. and Trubisky still looks a bit confused, a little, a little flustered in the pocket, man, that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Ryan Pace because if these two guys are the next coming of great quarter quarterbacks in the NFL and it seems like we're in this quarterback era where almost every team has a pretty good quarterback at this point. Yeah. Or someone who's young who might be pretty good, right? Like there's very few teams that have just
5: terrible quarterback situations. But I think, and uh, Tim Hasselbeck was on with uh, Sylvie earlier this week, and he said he brought a different perspective. He said, well, both can be right, though. Sure. The Texans and the Bears could have gotten their guy. They can both be right. Trubisky, just because he's not as good. He could be just a slight tick below or a slight tick above Deshaun Watson. They could both get franchise quarterbacks. It's not just because well one was drafted higher than the other, one has to be better than the other. That doesn't matter. What matters is what how they end their career. If Trubisky becomes a franchise quarterback for the Bears and Deshaun Watson becomes a franchise quarterback for the, the Texans and Patrick Mahomes becomes a, a franchise quarterback for the Chiefs, then nobody was wrong. You know what I mean? Like, everybody got their guy. Yeah, would Deshaun Watson be better on the Bears or Trubisky be better for the Chiefs or whatever? That doesn't matter. If you get your franchise quarterback, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, it's, it's it matters whether or not he figures out this offense and it clicks for him and I feel like Nagy's kind of contradicting himself because he's saying we've had great practices, everybody gets it, but this offense takes time and you need time and you need reps, but you're not giving him the reps, so how are we going to know if he's clicking or not? Like It's a lot of talking in circles. Albert in St. Petersburg, Florida
4: is Woo. going to smack some sense into Blaken and Abdallah. Here oh, you go, he Albert. What do he you is? got for us? Okay. What's up, Albert?
1: Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, man. What's hey. up? Before I make my point, I just want to say Eric was the most friendly call screener ever that he I've is. had. station. he's tonight. very nice, he's, isn't he? He's he's very great. Adam, you're you're all right too, but you you kind of sound bored a lot of times. So <laughs>
5: I mean, I'm answering phone calls. So
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I get it. But uh, anyway, I, I just want to say like about the game yesterday. Like, who cares really? I mean, it's it's preseason now. Like in terms of Trubisky's. Development. I mean, that's what we're really concerned about, right? That's, that's yes. the number one concern. Mm-hmm. So, like, we can all agree that our, we don't think that he's going to be Aaron Rodgers. We don't think that he's going to be Tom Brady. We don't think that he's going to be Drew Brees, but that doesn't mean that he can't be a good quarterback eventually. So, regardless of whether or not he played in this preseason game, I mean, it's still going to take time for him to develop, one way or the other. I mean, and I, I guess maybe, maybe if he played in this game, it would move up the clock a little bit. But I think the it's it's just about uh, negligible, you know how how much of a difference that would make.
4: Albert, it's a good point you bring up. I mean, listen, it is a preseason game, and I think if we. Uh, Like we've said many times this morning, if we go forward into week four and the Bears look pretty good on offense, today won't mean anything at all. But the problem is if at week four we're getting calls and people are saying, hey, why is Chase Daniel not playing? Because he looks so good in the preseason and this Trubisky guy is lost. Like he can't pick up the system. Then we're going to point to yesterday and say, well, what was going on there? Why didn't Trubisky get more reps if he still isn't getting it yet? The backup seems to have the offense under control, control and kind of running things. You know, like like that. it's only
5: a conversation in the future if this doesn't work out. Look, we've had a lot of conversation today about the offense. I think 100% of our conversation has yeah, been about yeah, the for offense yeah. for the last two hours and 20 minutes that you guys have been on the air. I will say this. You can have a successful season this season and not win games. And by that, I mean you can have progress on offense from last year. Because the last few years under John Fox, they didn't have an offense. Okay, So now you've got an offensive-minded coach. Vic Fangio is still with the defense. My main concern for this defense is, how it is their health. And how they're going to get to the quarterback when they're injured. Right now, Akeem Hicks is hurt. Right now, Leonard Floyd is hurt. Right now, Roquan Smith is hurt. I don't know how they're going to get to the quarterback. And I don't know how this secondary is going to, going to fare because they have no depth. If someone gets hurt, I don't know what they're going to do on defense because this team has no depth whatsoever on defense. So you may see a downtick in this, in this defense just because of their health. And because you got rid of guys last season, that can get to the quarterback. My point is this. You may not see the result in wins, but you may see Trubisky improve, and you may see an improvement on offense, but you may only see one to two more wins. I don't think they're going to be a 10-win team. I don't think they're going to be a 9-win team, much like you, Chris. But I think you can win six games and see an improvement,
4: right? Right. Absolutely. If you're in every game in the fourth quarter exactly. and Trubisky's driving late and exactly. you know, just little mistakes and the Bears lose it, they just don't have it all then exactly. All right, we're seeing growth because at least we're seeing the quarterback develop and we're seeing him become one of these guys who can bring a team back at the end, and if you have answers of
5: Trubisky at the end of the season, that's all that really You're matters. playing in one of the toughest divisions in the NFL. You've got the Packers, you've got a Super Bowl team in the Vikings, you've got a Super Bowl team in the Packers, like I said, and you've got the Lions, too. The Bears are still, to me, the fourth best team in their division. You've got to face all those teams twice, not to mention, you also have to face the Rams, you have to face Tom Brady and the, the Patriots. You have a lot of tough games. The end, The last month of the season for the Bears looks almost impossible best of luck to them best of luck to them but that doesn't mean they can't have a successful season uh did you mention
4: the packers by the way i did okay let's go to john and rolling meadows what do you think of uh the bear situation he- heading into the week one
16: hi guys good morning what's up man well you know you were talking about watson and where he should be well he's coming off a torn acl so you know, Watson should be a step ahead of everybody only because he played at Clemson for three years and he came. he's just coming off a national championship win. So he should be a step ahead. He should be ready. But as far as our problem goes, if you can't get pressure on Rodgers and he stays clean and in the pocket all night, It doesn't matter what our offense can do because he is going to rip our defense to shreds. And without Floyd, if he's playing with one hand, it's like he's not even out there. If he can push him outside of the pocket and let the rest of the guys tackle him, then he's doing his job physically. But if he can't do that, if if his name isn't mentioned at all, boom, our defensive backfield is going to be on on an island all by themselves, and Rodgers will rip them up.
4: Thank you, John, for the call. Let's go to Jim in Oswego. Jim, what do you think of the situation?
3: Hey, gentlemen. Uh, in regards to,
10: you know, Nagy keeping the starters out yesterday, I was really not planning on watching the game, and I ended up watching. It was quite entertaining. But what I was thinking about that is um, just because you leave your starters out in the preseason doesn't mean that they're going to stay healthy in and- the beginning of the year you know the beginning of the season they could get hurt just as easily and i can only imagine what's going to happen to the team in nagy if he loses one of his starters in the first couple weeks of the season because they didn't play
4: no that's a really good point jim and i agree with you i mean we saw what happened with roquan smith he held out of training camp he missed all of bourbon a he shows up hamstring injury the first week he's back you know like you better hope that these guys are ready to go for week one because Other teams have used this time to their advantage to prepare. And we went through the list earlier. Tom Brady, Cam Newton, Matthew Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Ryan Tannehill, Blake Bortles, Matt Ryan... Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees,
5: they all played Friday or Saturday. Yeah, wouldn't you be worried about Ben Roethlisberger getting hurt in the preseason well, and being I, out? I would assume so. I yeah, would Tom assume, Brady. Do, wait, is, is Jimmy Garoppolo still the backup for the Patriots? No, he is a
4: starter for a team that's probably going to go to the playoffs Who's this year the in the 49 Who's the backup 49ers. for the Patriots? Brian
5: exactly. Hoyer. Exactly. It's Brian Hoyer. Exactly. Yeah. My point. Don't you think the Patriots are worried about their season if Tom Brady gets hurt? Yes. Didn't he play the season's the, over. Didn't he play an entire half in the second preseason game? Yeah. All right. That's Adam Abdallah. I'm Chris Black. Coming up
4: next, we will continue talking about the Chicago Bears. Uh, Ian Rappaport uh, chimes in. Joe Banner chimes in. And also Tim Hasselback. His thoughts on Mitch Trubisky. Coming up next right here on ESPN
3: 1000.
0: This is Chicago's Game Day. Only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com.
4: Welcome back to Chicago's Game Day on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. If you want to talk to us at 312-332-3776, that's a phone number to call. You can also tweet at us. We'll get back to you. We're here till noon. We'll talk some college football at 11 o'clock with Matt Fortuna. Used to cover Notre Dame. Now he's covering all of college football for the Athletic. We'll get him on. We'll talk about Northwestern. We'll get some Illinois conversation in Lovey Smith in there. Obviously, Notre Dame and the rest of the top 25. We'll do that in about a half an hour right here on ESPN 1000. But we're talking about the Chicago Bears, Adam. And uh, it was a great time at the fantasy football convention yesterday. Mm-hmm. Got to meet a lot of people. Got to talk a lot of fantasy football. It was mm-hmm. a great show out for the entire station. Uh, Field Yates, Stefania Bell, they did a whole spiel about fantasy football and everything. It was a great time yesterday.
5: Yeah, thanks for everybody for coming out. It was great meeting a bunch of our uh, loyal listeners, and it it was fun. Another year, another fantasy football convention, another great year. Absolutely. And um, coming up
4: in a week, you can come out and watch a college football conversation with Jonathan Hood, Mm -hmm. myself, and Abdallah at the Kankakee Grill, Four Four Winds Casino in uh, South Bend as we lead up to Michigan and Notre Dame. New show Chicago's college tailgate can't wait to get started on that new show same hot takes the big 10 still back oh please big Ten's the deepest conference in the the nation this year yeah Wisconsin's probably going to make the final four win a championship well they're probably going to get there okay do you see what uh Lee Corso yesterday on their their preview uh he put on a little head whoa a little head that he put on a badger to win the championship. Yes, sir. <laughs> Lee Corso picked Wisconsin <laughs> to win the title.
6: <laughs> that
3: made my
1: day.
5: Oh, that's the best. You leave Lee Corso alone. I love Lee Corso. It's, it's my favorite thing. If I I I must be around a tv at ten fifty nine every saturday morning to see which head he puts on i that is a must for me yes. a lovely corso but that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard you
4: do realize in like 40 years that's gonna be you we're going to prop you up at the the college, uh, the college, Chicago College tailgate show with Hood, and uh, he and I are going to go to you and say, Abdallah, who are you picking? And you're going to put fine. on some, some little animal head.
5: But I will never put on a badger head to win a championship.
4: <laughs> All right, we're uh, talking Chicago Bears the rest of this half hour before we get to the college football conversation at 11 o'clock. And uh, Abdallah referenced this a little bit ago in case you didn't hear the conversation. We're talking about Mitch Trubisky and the learning curve and him trying to figure out the offense. You reference Hasselbeck, Matt Hasselbeck talking, or Tim Hasselbeck, excuse me, talking about Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes,
5: and in the entire comparison. Yeah, and I think that not uh, there doesn't have to be a winner, is what Tim Hasselbeck was trying to say. You know what I mean? Like there doesn't have to be a oh well. Mahomes is better, than, so so the Chiefs won, right? Or Deshaun Watson's better, and he's had a longer career. Right. There can be – and he gave varying, varying examples. He gave the Eli Manning example, like, where the Giants wrong and take. You know what I mean? Like, were, have other teams made mistakes? No, because there's multiple good quarterbacks in the draft. Like, is Baker Mayfield might be the best quarterback, but does that mean the Browns were right necessarily? Maybe, but, you know uh, – Josh Allen could have a good career or Sam Darnold could have a good career. And the Jets were right for taking Sam Darnold. You know, like it's not it doesn't have to be a winner or loser. If you find your guy, that's almost all that matters. Then it's, right? That's all that matters. So I don't. But to me, as someone who watches college football, as someone who watches the NFL on Sundays, I don't know if the Bears have found their guy in Mitchell Trubisky because I didn't see him win in college. I didn't see him win last year. And I haven't seen him win yet so far this year. I mean, I know it's only, he only played two preseason games. I, so I don't know. When you watch Baker Mayfield, you see flashes. When you watch Sam Darnold, you see flashes. You watch Patrick Mahomes yesterday and it, so far in the preseason, you see flashes. When you saw Deshaun Watson last year before he tore his ACL, you know why the Oh, well, he was the Texans, an MVP candidate exactly, through those games. Yeah. Exactly. He absolutely tore up. The number one defense in the country both times he was in the championship game. Yeah, He only won one of them, but still, he tore apart the Alabama defense twice. So you knew that he was going to be good coming in. The only question was injury, and yeah, he tore his ACL. But you knew he was going to be able to put a team on his back and win games. I haven't seen that from Trubisky yet.
4: Here's Tim Hasselbeck uh, talking about the buzz around Watson, Mahomes, and Trubisky heading into this season.
5: I mean, look, the the buzz on Watson is
17: that those, whatever it was, seven games, five games, whatever he played last year, they just were so absurdly good. So that's the buzz on on Watson. I think, look, rightfully so. And then the buzz on Mahomes is everybody has basically said, I mean, the way that the ball comes out of his hands is – it's not normal, you know, just, it's one of the reasons people, you know, we talk about Jay Cutler, like people would always kind of have this hope for Jay just because he was gifted to throw the football in a way that most guys aren't kind of like Josh Allen or Matthew Stafford. Like there's a few guys that fit that bill and Mahomes is one of them. Think about the, the love that he's gotten for the touchdown pass he threw last week, you know, where the ball travels 60 plus yards in the air. Like you don't get more points for that type of touchdown. Right. Like, but it's just, it's exciting, and so people end up talking about it. And I think that, you know, Trubisky really hasn't had, you know, any of those moments yet, and his team is not as good or perceived to be as good as, as some of the other teams. I will say this, though, I, I, I've talked to a few people who um, have been a, either, that are either are there or have been around, um, you know, kind of the Bears this preseason, and you know, you have to realize when you have a head coach come in that wasn't the head coach that drafted the quarterback. You know, the you have to wonder like, well, how does the staff feel about this quarterback? Like, where would he, where would they have drafted him if these guys were the decision makers? And um, I get the sense that they would have. I, and I get the sense that they love what they've seen from Mitchell Trubisky so far, and they feel like he has an opportunity to be a great pro and um, Bears fans should be excited about that, even though there's not really national buzz about that.
4: So that's Tim Hasselback on Waddle and Sylvie talking about the three quarterbacks to Sean Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Ian Rappaport was on with David Kaplan on Friday. And cap asked Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network. What are his thoughts on Trubisky heading into this year?
15: I would like to see more. Um, now, again, like I know, you know, Deshaun Watson, I think it's it's great. I think the Texans probably knew what they were getting. Um, but not a lot of other teams did. I mean, I remember thinking back to the draft, you know, a lot of people thought Trubisky would go high. Many people thought Watson would go late one. You know, um, I think that's just... They, they thought he was going to go late in the first round. They thought he was, you know, they had questions about his arm strength, um, how well he could adapt to the pro game. I mean, it's easy to say now that they should have drafted him. But, like, reality is if they drafted Sean Watson second or third, everybody would have gone crazy. It just it would have been nuts. Um, nobody saw him like that, uh, which happens. Now, as far as Trubisky, I mean, again, like, I think, you know, his floor is probably Andy Dalton, which if that's what he is, is fine. His ceiling is a lot higher. And so, it, you know, some of that is, how well he's coached, how well he adapts, um, does he work at it, does he get better. I mean, all those things are really positive. So I'm not ready to look at Deshaun Watson and go, wow, man, a really missed out, because I have no idea what Trubisky's going to be. I just know that the early signs are very promising.
4: That's Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network on with
15: Cap and Company. His floor is probably Andy Dalton, yes. which if that's what he is, fine.
4: Is that is that fine? No,
15: Bears no fans, it's not if, fine. If the floor is Andy Dalton. His floor is probably Andy Dalton, which if that's what he is, fine.
5: What's Andy Dalton ever won? Is that fine? He ain't won nothing. Wow. Is that fine? No.
15: His floor is probably Andy Dalton, which if that's what he is, fine.
4: Fine. Okay, uh, Joe Banner, uh, former front office exec, uh, he also used to work for ESPN, got a chance to talk with Cap during the week. What does he think of Mitchell Trubisky?
11: Listen, this is what happens with young quarterbacks. You don't get the consistency that you get over time. And the question is, will they go from being somewhat inconsistent to rarely inconsistent? And if I looked at the trajectory that I see Mitch on, I'd be very optimistic that he's going to make the transition from playing reasonably well but inconsistently to a guy that will be mostly consistent. And really, that's the difference. I mean, you can look at the 25th best quarterback in the league at times, he'll make a play that you could put on tape and go, wow, the difference is the guys that are the top five or ten are making that same play frequently versus occasionally. So Mitch right now I think is playing pretty well but demonstrating the inconsistency you'd expect at this point in his career. But what i say would leave me very hopeful that over time he's going to become more consistent. And I think the scheme he's in and the additions they made in the offseason are absolutely perfect for him to develop into a really good quarterback. His
15: floor is probably Andy Dalton, which if that's what he is, fine
4: so that's joe
15: banner uh ian
5: Rappaport. Uh, Four is probably
15: andy dalton
5: all right If that's what he is get out of here rap rap sheet can i can i invest in the penny stock that is cap referencing joe banner from for the next two weeks can i invest in that can i get like a dollar every time he says it two weeks is gonna be the rest of the season well i mean mean, two weeks i mean well because when they get crushed by the packers
4: He's gonna be saying he's gonna be calling for that Joe Banner tape the
5: rest of the year. You know this. He yesterday, can I take people behind the scenes of the fantasy football convention real quick? <laughs> fantasy football convention and draft. We are there in Rosemont. Joe's live. We're about to start. We're in the green room. Everybody's there. Carmen, Yurko, Waddle, Sylvie, Cap, Field Yates, Stefania Bell, Meller, you and I. Uh, and we're all there. And Cap has Field Yates in a corner. Poor guy. I mean, I felt he's, so bad for he's Field. He's just trying to Field is enjoy such a nice guy. his he's Greek just, yeah, yogurt parfait that they right. had set out for people. They would set out a little bit of food for people. Such a nice guy. He's just, and Cap is like... I had Joe Banner on it. And from across, I'm like, really with the Joe Banner? still with the Joe Banner? He's telling anybody that'll listen. I'm sure he's at brunch this morning or breakfast or wherever he's at. He's getting cheese this morning at the farmer's market. Telling the poor cheese guy about what Joe Banner told him and how he's bullish on the bears this year. And how he thinks Trubisky is going to be this great quarterback. Anybody that will listen and feel the eights is like, yeah, I mean, you know, he he hasn't he <laughs> just yeah. hasn't shown a lot. I, sure, sure. I, I felt so All bad right, for the yeah. guy. He's telling he's uh-huh. walking up to strangers at the convention yeah. yesterday, telling them about Did you hear Joe Banner on with me? Did you, you, did, you
4: hear it? You know that cap's
5: going to come for you tomorrow, right? He can come for whatever he wants to. You come at the king, you Wait. best not miss. Hold on, hold on a second. Time out. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Zach Morris wants us to call a timeout and, uh, and talk about something real quick. Cool, cool, um, cool, 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 Why do you and Cap have such a um, back and forth? Like, why we do you don't. hate Cap? What's your I deal? I don't.
5: I love Cap. Why He's don't you be nice? He's one I, I worked for a year and a half on that show. I but, love but Cap. But why, why are you trying to fight
4: with him now?
5: i what, what is this? I'm not. Time in. I love okay, Cap. Here's, I love Cap. He is just what the killers would call Mr. Brightside. <sniffs> He sees everything through blue and orange glasses. Right glasses. And, and everything is great and everything is grand. I just, want to, I just want to prove it to me first. Just show me that you're the guy. I don't know if you're the guy. Nobody knows if you're the guy. Show me that you're the guy and I'll believe it. I'm sick of watching a crappy team. You and I go to games. You have season tickets. I'm a Bears fan. I'm sick of watching crap. There it is, Mr. Brightside. It, 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 this, you play this at a college game, it gets lit.
6: Yeah, it, it is.
5: But I'm telling you, you show it to me. Show it to me first.
15: His floor is probably Andy Dalton, uh-huh. which if that's what he is, fine. Jim Lexa
4: uh, listens to the show all the time. And he tweeted us, uh, Andy Dalton is fine for a second-round pick, not fine for a guy to move up in the draft and trade away picks for. It's a great point. Mm-hmm. I mean... Do you realize how good Trubisky has to be for Rampage to say? And I get we heard Hasselpack, It doesn't matter if you get your guy, but he's got to save the franchise. That's yeah. why it's such a big deal. You were picked. You were picked second
5: overall, and you moved up
0: for him. That's him, I'm Abdallah. I'm Chris Black. This is. They see Chicago's game day on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Black and Abdallah, we're about 10 minutes away from college
4: football talk right here on ESPN 1000. We also have our eyes on the Cubs and the Reds walking up to that game that starts at 120 today. Kyle Hendricks on the mound. And we will continue talking Chicago Bears football with you at 312-332-3776.
5: Chris, we usually do this bit sometimes at night, but we've got a couple minutes. So we're going to take a a BuzzFeed quiz together. Right. So yes. I already took it. I already know my results, but I'm oh, going to ask you, 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 All right, you to cheater. pick some food to eat, and we'll reveal which 2018 movie you are. Oh, okay. I don't get how those two correlate, but no, it's, it's a BuzzFeed quiz. So uh, yeah, okay. choose an appetizer: soup, salad, neither, or both. Salad. Choose a dinner: pizza, pasta, sushi, burger, and fries. Pizza. Choose a dessert: ice cream, cake, both. I'll pass. I'll pass. Choose a drink, water, soda, coffee, something else Water Finally, choose a snack, popcorn, candy, chips No thanks, I'm full Chips You got Incredibles 2 Oh! Company man, yeah. Incredibles 2 Alright yeah. uh, I got Mamma Mia, here we go again What Seems about right Wait, is this a sequel to uh, To Mamma Mia,
4: yeah What? Who who's in this Mama Mia? Here we go again. What's all the, the same,
5: point of this? All the same, really? all the same. Yeah, Amanda Seyfried, I believe. Is that is that, is that her? I think yes. Yeah, she's in that. I think Cher is in this one. Cher, Cher. What, what's the plot line? What do you got over there, Mama Mia? Yeah, she gets pregnant in the same place where her mom was pregnant with her, and she feels something. And here, and guess what? Here we go again. So I got Incredibles too. You got Incredibles too. What does that have to do with pizza? It doesn't even salad? give an explanation.
4: It doesn't even give an explanation. Wait, so BuzzFeed just wasted our time again. Yeah, that's what they do. College football talk next. All right. This hour, Abdullah, we will focus on some college football. A week away, some games started yesterday, but the good stuff starts next
5: Saturday. The good stuff starts next Saturday. But we got games early. We got Woo, some Big baby. Ten matchups. Northwestern Purdue Thursday night. It's I can't wait. It's finally here. Our our long uh, times of of watching long times our long times of watching Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises on Saturdays and Sundays is over. We finally Get to watch football. If I watch one more Christopher Nolan movie on a Sunday, it's it, it, it's like my Inception. I'm being incepted by Christopher Nolan every Saturday and Sunday. That's how I feel when I sit here with you. Thanks.
15: Yeah, I'm from, so confused right
5: now. I watch a lot of movies on Saturdays and yeah, Sundays, well, and I right. want to watch football, and now I finally do, get to. Do you mind if we get to some college football conversation? Yeah, don't toss it to me if you don't want me to bring stuff up. <laughs> just,
4: go, just bring on Matt. What do you want? We bring in Matt Fortuna from The Athletic. He co- uh, covers college football. He's also covered Notre Dame in the past, and now he joins us right here. Here on ESPN 1000. Matt, it's Chris and Adam. What's going on today?
18: Uh, one day closer to the season, like you said. I guess you could technically count week zero yesterday as a start. But uh, Thursday night is the one I'm really looking forward to.
1: What are you uh,
4: overall, as we head into the season, what's the number one storyline you have your eyes on as we head into week one of the season?
18: Uh, for both on-field and off-field reasons, I think you got to go with Ohio State just because they've dominated – so much of the conversation the last month i mean is this the beginning of the end for urban meyer will this thing just go away with a three-game suspension and also by the way they have a lot of talent on that roster and the big 10 is really darn good this year how is that going to affect this team on the field throughout the course of this season so that's probably what i'm most intrigued by uh as we get ready for the season in the next couple days
5: are they still the class of the big 10 or has penn state or even michigan or wisconsin caught up to them
18: I think there are five teams in that league and four in the East, uh, before this scandal that had a realistic shot at winning the league and going to the playoff this year. Uh, and that, that's why, you know, from a football standpoint with this, uh, this Urban Meyer situation, I'm not sure anyone can afford to, uh, have these kind of distractions on the field and have their coach be in and out over the next couple of weeks. I mean, that could be the difference between 11 and 1 and 10 and 2. and uh, that's the difference between first or fourth place, potentially, in the East Division this year. So uh, I, I think every one of those teams you mentioned have a chance. I'm not sure if you mentioned Michigan State, but I think they have as good a chance as anyone uh, with everything they have coming back this year on both sides of the ball. Um, but but I, I'm really intrigued to see uh, just kind of how, how the Buckeyes handle all this.
4: How important of a season is this for Jim Harbaugh to kind of get this team to an elite status where they haven't really won big games so far with him there at uh, University of Michigan?
18: It's a big season, no question about it. I don't buy any of the hot seat talk. I think you know they did underperform last year, but we were forgetting uh, just how poor that roster was in Brady Hoke's last season, and just how well they performed in Harbaugh's first two years back home in Ann Arbor. I mean, they were uh, a couple controversial calls and frankly bad play calling away from being Ohio State and probably going to the playoff in year two, which would have been phenomenal achievement. Uh, that defense is really, really good. And I think if Shea Patterson uh, is the real deal, because all they've really been missing in his four years, far about four years there, is a the quarterback. Uh, this team is a playoff and maybe even national title contender. I think they're that talented on both sides of the ball. What, what gives myself pause, and probably anyone uh, talking about them pause uh, at least before the season, that schedule, especially Week One when you go to Notre Dame. I'm not sure how good Notre Dame's going to be this year, but it's a rivalry game. It'll probably be a low-scoring game with two really good defenses. Uh, questions about both teams' quarterbacks. Uh, I think whoever loses that game with both their schedules, uh, the rest of the year, uh, could have an uphill climb to make.
5: Notre Dame, like you mentioned, that first game against Michigan, they've got most of their tough games are at home, except they, they get USC at the end of the season. I'm not saying that he's on the hot seat or anything like that, but how much is Notre Dame willing to put up with Brian Kelly, given that, given his record last season and that this is his ninth year?
18: I think the second part of your, your uh, question is, is the big one. I mean, Kirk Farron used to always joke about the ten-year rule, which essentially is every year your fan base likes you ten percent less, and you can only hope that once you get into year ten, start of your decade, uh, you get to start from scratch again. Well, year <laughs> nine for Brian Kelly, like you said, and I, I, I think overall he's done a really good job. Um, but but there's no patience anymore for, well, you know, we don't have the quarterback situation right, just wait, we're recruiting a good guy. Well. You know, we lost our defense coordinator. Well, we fired six assistants in 2016. Uh, There's no excuses anymore. Um, There's no – that program has whatever it is it thinks it needs uh, to perform on the field. And while I agree with you, that schedule is murderous row, in my opinion, not just for who they play, but when and how they play them and all the miles they're going to be traveling. Uh, I think it's put up or shut up time for this program because uh, no one has any patience when it's year nine. I mean, only – I believe Lou Holt is the last one to make it that far in Notre Dame, and I'm not sure anyone's made it that far without winning a national title there.
4: Uh, Matt, do you know anything more about the scheduling for Notre Dame of in-week during the season stuff? I know I read something back a couple weeks ago in The Athletic about how Notre Dame is taking a new approach this year to the way they travel in season and the way they're trying to. I think it was something about how they're not flying back after games anymore. They're going to wait the day after to fly back to South Bend after they play a game on a Saturday. Do you know anything more about that?
18: Yeah, that is just for the Navy game in late October. Pete Sands, okay. and my colleague, has been covering the Irish for a long time. Did a great job looking at the rest and recovery uh, of this program that, frankly, has been absolutely awful in November the last few years. I think even last year they were number three in the country entering the final month and fell flat on their face with losses to Miami uh, and to Stanford. Uh, the Navy game is a night game in San Diego um, a week before that Northwestern game. And I don't think that school was really anticipating CBS moving that to a night game. But that, on top of everything else going on with that schedule, um, they didn't want to fly back and have their kids come up, beaten and tired at four in the morning or whatever it is, um, and have to go back to business as usual the next day. So, uh, they made a program investment. They're going to stay overnight after the game. They're going to bring a lot of their academic support team over with them so that they don't fall behind with any of their uh, day-to-day uh, classroom duties. And they're hoping that that will be one of many factors that helps them be better prepared and less worn down in entering the final months of the season.
5: You wrote today on the athletic about Illinois and Lovey Smith and why Lovey Smith and Illinois are confident their football rebuild is real. I mean, I really don't see more than like three or four wins for Illinois. How can they turn the corner and how can Lovey Smith build Illinois back up to be a contender in the Big Ten?
18: I don't mean to paint too light of a picture, but I think we all need to recognize just how far behind this program was from a pure number standpoint due to attrition, due to the fact that Lovey's essentially their third head coach in three years and they've lost so many people and lost so many uh, potential recruiting opportunities because him and his staff uh, came in in March, a month after signing day. So as his lunch is, uh this is technically year three. It's really only like year two for him. Obviously the Big Ten is getting better, especially in that side of the division with some of the recent hires. Uh, I think we need to give it time and look at recent history, right? I don't think anyone's expecting this place to go out and, and win the Big Ten anytime soon. Um, but, but have a coach who, who's likable, who's respected, who's going to get on the recruiting trail, who's going to help uh, sell this new facility that they're building, this indoor practice facility that's uh, going to be $80 million and open around this time next year, and just stabilize the program. I mean, I know he's 60, and there are questions outside about whether he's in it for the long haul. But I think just by being there and staying out of trouble and recruiting good kids, uh, he'll get this program uh, above even playing field, uh, level of playing field, uh, and set it up for the potential for success. I, I think that's one of those things, especially because it's Lovey Smith and he's coming from a pro market. I think we've heard P.J. Flex say the same thing in Minneapolis. Uh, when you're in a pro market, I, I think a lot of pro fans uh, want to win now, which is fine, but, but there are a lot of other factors uh that go into it when you're dealing with the college program that's had so much turnover.
4: You know, it's it's funny. When I see Lovey Smith down in Champaign, I also think of the hire this offseason of Herm Edwards at ASU. And I kind of think to myself, like, what what's the sales pitch? Like these guys both haven't won the biggest game on the pro level and they do have pro talent around them and other coaches that are coaching with them that were in the NFL, but if you're an 18, 19-year-old kid, do you really want to go play for Herm Edwards or Lovey Smith? What, at Illinois, what is the sales pitch when Lovey Smith is out on the recruiting trail?
18: Yeah, I, I understand the comparison given both backgrounds, but I do think Lovey Smith uh, being in Chicago, being familiar with the region, and again, bringing stability to a program that has so much turnover and, and so much bad stuff happened both on and off the field this past decade uh, is a little bit different than Herm Edwards, who's... Replace a guy who no one really seemed to want to fire in Todd Graham. You can argue whether he underachieved there or not with what he had, but I don't think fans were clamoring for the pitchforks there Uh, and replacing him with a guy who had not coached college ball since 1989, but not coach any ball in a long time, and who didn't even know what the school mascot was at his introductory press conference (laughs) trying to start this whole new kind of general manager type college football structure. It'll be fascinating to watch. I don't think it's going to work especially when the guy they should have hired, Kevin Sumlin, ended up right next door at Arizona. So I think it's a little bit of a different, uh, wackier situation at-, at West than it is at Illinois. But as far as Lovey's plan, um, you know, I talked to Mikey Dudek. I talked to some people on that team. Uh, Dudek, I think, is-, is kind of a central casting for what this program hopes it can be, which is get these Chicago kids, get these suburban Chicago kids uh, who are very familiar with Lovey, know what he's about, know the history of, of the Illinois football program. I know it's not much in the way of recent history other than that Rose Bowl in 07, uh, but but they'll recite it to you, you know, 15 Big Ten titles, five national championships, none in any of our lifetimes, of course, uh, but but a really good academic school and finally investing in the facilities necessary to keep up with the rest of their Big Ten peers.
5: One of the hardest things to maintain is uh, in college football is continuity at an elite level, and one of the best stories to me is how Clemson Keeps on doing it. You wrote earlier this month about how Clemson has achieved the continuity in the coaching level, but how does Clemson lose one of the best college football players and Deshaun Watson and just keep going back? How do they convince like the entire defensive line to come back oh, for another season? Stacked too. What makes Ooh. Clemson this place that people not want to leave essentially?
18: It's crazy. I mean, I, I thought they were building that program the right way from the start. I'm lying to you if I ever said I saw it getting this big. And when they got Deshaun Watson, you know, as an observer, I was familiar with him from high school. I, I watched him play. I had little doubt he'd be as good as he was, and I thought they could win a national championship with him. But like you said, the minute he graduates, I'm expecting him to drop back to maybe the top 10 or 15 rather than the top five. And, nope, they were the number one seed last year. They made the playoff. They got the number one recruiter back, recruiter me, number one quarterback recruit in the country this year, and Trevor Lawrence coming in. And, yeah, like you said, they have uh, the best defense line in college football, three of whom uh, elected to pass up the draft for another year and come back for their final years uh, in Death Valley. What keeps everyone there? You know, I wrote about this uh, w- with their staff because they've had a number of assistant coaches uh, in demand for-, for head coaching spots. That happens when you make three straight playoffs. Um, the attention is all on you, and uh, – they just really like it there. They want to know if they're going to go elsewhere. They're going to be able to do things the way they've learned how to do them from Dabo Sweeney. I mean, if you've ever been to that facility, uh, it's almost like six flags, you know, with, with uh, the slide, with, with uh, the pop-pop golf, the basketball court, and with families just running around everywhere. I think there's only one hour a day where families aren't allowed inside that building. And so uh, the culture of that place has really kept people happy, has really brought a lot of people in. And they've proven it on the field. And so if you want to compete for a national title every year and not be miserable while doing it, <laughs> uh, I think that's a pretty good recipe. A On
5: the flip side of that, and to your last comment, how does Alabama keep doing it while being kind of what coaches uh, can't get out of there quick <laughs> enough?
18: I don't, I don't know where you would draw the, where we go from there to there. Right? But, uh, <laughs> it is funny though, right? I mean, they are the two preeminent programs uh in the country right now, and they could not be any more different other than the fact that Dabo Swinney uh, played at Alabama and won a national title there. Um, It's really funny to watch and see, uh, and you almost get this sense of, especially with with all the transfers you see at Alabama, um, if you're not out the culture of Alabama, and I I think Phil Savage's book last year, uh, fourth and goal every day really typifies the intensity that's in that building every day. If you're a five-star recruit, which is pretty much everyone they're, they're getting on that roster, and you're not playing, you're probably not going to fit in there or have a good time. Um, whereas at Clemson, you've seen some of these high recruits not pan out, but stick around it and graduate it and contribute to the roster in some meaningful way uh, because they love being around that place so much. So it's almost like a business versus a. I don't want to just call it a flat-out collegiate style, but they're just so different. It's hard to explain, but I think we all see it on TV when they're matched up, and when we see Dabo and Nick Saban uh, giving their press conferences. The most uh, telling image to me was before the 2017 national title game, when the two played each other when Clemson won. Um, they were doing a photo op with the College Football Playoff National Championship trophy, and as they're leaving, someone got a great shot of Dabo staying up there taking a selfie. With the trophy, and in the background, you see Nick with his head down, like hurrying to get out of there. And it was like these programs are combined like 80 and four, or whatever it is, over the last couple of years, and they've gone there in completely different ways. And it's just so fasc- fascinating to watch from an outside perspective to see uh, the number of different ways you can spin a cat, so to speak.
4: Anytime I see something written about Nick Saban, I read it because I'm just in awe of what they've done at Alabama, and I think. The thing to kind of look at is everyone always says that Alabama as a um, program is just so much more detailed from your time covering college football. Can is there anything that jumps out at you to why Alabama is different, like within the building and what they do from week to week that is different from other teams outside of just getting the better players? Is there anything you can note from what Nick Saban's like process is?
18: The guy is just so relentless. You would think after winning six national titles, he would have quenched something. He would, he would uh, be satisfied in some respect. But in some ways, it just makes him hungrier for more. And uh, the thing I, I find fascinating every year, and I'm sure it'll come up again this year some way, shape, or form, there's always a loophole in the rule books that he can exploit. And to his credit, because I know a lot of people, if they were smart enough, would try to do that too. But, I mean, he had Blake Sims, his former uh SEC title winning quarterback practice with the team ahead of the playoff two years ago. He found a, a loophole where that was uh, allowable. He has um, increased his staff sizes uh, seemingly by the dozens each every year, and he's found a lot of talented out-of-work and, in some cases, troubled coaches and given them second chances to rehabilitate themselves. Whether it's Butch Jones this year as a quality control assistant, whether it was Lane Kiffin a few years ago as an offensive coordinator, Um he makes sure who is in charge. He keeps everyone in line. Um, and he is always finding new and creative ways um, to extend this dominance and doing it within the rules, at least probably. I mean, it's just been fascinating to see how he's been able to, just to keep going and keep that edge despite being 60-something years old, winning six national titles, and really having nothing nothing to prove to anyone anymore.
5: So with week zero behind us and we're on to week one, who do you think the best team in the country is?
18: Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Alabama and Clemson. (laughs) The two teams we were just talking about. Uh, uh, Alabama, I mean, if you look at that national title game, which they probably had no business winning, uh, it was all true freshmen who who made the big plays for them down the stretch there. And so uh, with everything they have coming back with a pretty favorable schedule, with Nick Saban on the sideline, it's hard to bet against those guys again this year, and likewise with Clemson. They made the playoff last year uh, with a fairly limited offense. I expect it to be – Opened up a lot more and a lot more dominant this year with Trevor Lawrence uh, playing, at least some, and probably all by the end of the season. And that defensive line, I know we talk about the guys who came back, and that alone probably makes them the, the best team line in the country. They've recruited so well there. They have so many quality guys behind those front, front end players uh, that would be starting at 90% of the programs and playing well. Uh, if if it were today. So I just think this program, you know, I know they won it all two years ago and they have a chance to do it again this year. They're in such a healthier state as a program this year because of that depth uh, across their cities.
4: You know, if I look at the top 25 as we head into the first week, um, to me there's a major drop-off between Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia, and then the rest of the top 25. Is that a fair way to look at it, that those three programs are so much farther ahead of everyone else, and then you get to Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Washington?
18: I would agree with you. Uh, I think the Big Ten picture will kind of clear itself up because there's so many quality teams there, and there might be one or two whether it's Ohio State or Michigan, you know teams that have been recruiting at or near that level of an Alabama and Clemson uh, that can prove their worthiness. I mean, Ohio State did win it all a couple of years ago, and they got there by being Alabama with a third-string quarterback. So we know there's always talent on that roster. Um, we have to see whether it can manifest itself and withstand the rigors of a really tough Big Ten schedule to say nothing of all of its off-field issues this past month. And Michigan's another one as well. Um, I think if Shea Patterson's a real deal, this team can contend for a national title this year. Uh, I'm tempted to say Washington and throw them into the mix as well. Part of that is because the Pac-12 was to be down again this year. But part of that as well is we're going to learn a lot about these guys very early on. They're playing Auburn. Uh, what's basically a road game just two hours down the road in Atlanta in week one. And that's been the one knock on Chris Peterson's program since he got there. The only knock, really. Uh, they haven't really played anyone. And they don't really get the benefit of the doubt uh, when comparing their resume to someone else. And so if they're able to beat a, a top-ten Auburn team in week one, um, that's going to go a long way with the committee and with the confidence of this team uh, as they go throughout the Pac-12 season.
4: One last question before we let you go. If we take a look at Northwestern, they won 10 games last season. It was an outstanding year for the Wildcats. This season, they have the eighth toughest strength of schedule in the country. What do you see for the Wildcats heading into this year?
3: You know, I,
18: I think they could be a better football team with a worse record than, than last season. I know that. that Probably doesn't move the needle for their fan base, but like you said, you have to take into consideration who they're playing this year and the fact that we don't know when their four-year starting three-year going on four-year starting quarterback Clayton Thorson is going to return. Uh, maybe it'll be this Thursday against Purdue. I know they're not trying to rush him back, but if he's healthy, he'll go. Uh, but, but but that's a question mark, especially when that opener is a Big Ten game on a Thursday. I mean, usually you're opening against a, an FCS team or a MAC team or someone you can afford to, to, to kind of play your backups against. And they don't have that luxury this year, and they're not going to really have it throughout the season because their home schedule alone has Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Michigan, Duke. It's uh, an incredibly tough schedule. Uh, they lost their four-year workforce running back in Justin Jackson, and uh, we just don't know what's going to happen with that quarterback position, at least early on the season.
4: We appreciate you, Matt. Thank you for making time for us this morning. Anytime, guys. Thank you. That's Matt Fortuna from the Athletic College Football Reporter. Some good college football conversation. Abdallah, if you look at Northwestern 10, 10 and three last year, their over under this season is six. Their FBI football power index prediction for wins this season. So ESPN is suggesting that they're going to go over the six wins. Mm -hmm. Strength of schedule, though, is eighth in the entire country. I mean, that's
5: a tough schedule for the Wildcats. That's a tough schedule for them. They get started Thursday night against Purdue. That's a tough game on the road uh, at Purdue. I think that's a tough game for them. I actually think Purdue might win that game.
4: Now, listen, a a tough schedule could mean two things. It could be negative, where you could lose a lot of games and it could ruin your season. Mm -hmm. Or... On the flip side, that's an opportunity because if somehow Northwestern only loses one or two games with the eighth best strength of schedule in the country, Mm -hmm. now you're in the mix for playoff conversation. You see what I'm saying? Like The way college football works now is if you have a loaded schedule at Purdue to open, you have Duke at home, Michigan at home, at Michigan State, Wisconsin at home, Notre Dame at home, if you win – Four of those games, mm-hmm. if you win three of those games, that moves you up the charts because
5: straight at the schedule matters in this day and age of the college football playoff. It absolutely does. But then you look at what Northwestern has done and there's always that game at home where they trip up. Well, yes, always early. That, it's that, always, it's always it's, the September
4: that, game. And and the problem is you have three tough games in September yeah. Purdue, Duke, and Michigan.
5: Yeah, those, I mean, that Michigan game is going to be very tough. Don't sleep on Duke. They're a decent team. So those three games, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Northwestern this year. But they do have the uh, longest winning streak in college football. They do. They yeah. do. So yeah, there you go. Still going got into the opener. Yeah, yeah,
4: not Alabama. It's Northwestern. Take yeah. that, Abdallah. Uh, next Saturday, the 1st, 3 o'clock, Four Winds Casino, the Kankakee Grill, Abdallah, Black, Jonathan Hood, Chicago's College Tailgate. Our first show of the season will be on Saturday at 3 o'clock. Join us. It will be on ESPN 1000. We'll be there in person. Come talk college football with us next Saturday as the season kicks off. It's Bleck and Abdallah right here on ESPN
3: 1000.
0: This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com.
3: Chris Black and I'm
4: Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We're here for another half an hour till noon right here on ESPN 1000. Crossing uh, the news desk at this moment, Abdallah. Have news desk my news desk uh doug peterson has said that carson wentz has not been cleared for contact for the eagles no R- R- so chances are if he's not clear for contact right now he's probably not going to start the season right he probably shouldn't play in their uh their preseason games do you want me to go through the list of the quarterbacks that played this weekend Is that what you would like to do in this segment? No. Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Cam Newton, Matthew Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger, Jimmy Garoppolo, Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Ryan Tannehill, Blake Bortles, Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, not Mitch Trubisky. I said no. Not Mitch Trubisky. I said no. Aaron Rodgers didn't play. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers is a proven great quarterback. So is Tom Brady, though. Tom Brady played. Tom Brady this weekend, went twelve of eighteen for hundred and two yards. Not bad. He played.
5: I think it's more telling that he played the entire first half of the second preseason game because, and he said because he doesn't have a familiarity with his wide receivers yet. Yeah, yeah I mean he wants to get into the groove before the season. But Mitch is good.
4: No, he's eh, good. Mitch no, is no, fine. No, it's not.
5: 30, 30 snaps ain't worth it. Thirty eh, snaps isn't worth Mitchie's it. Mitch is good.
4: Uh, so yesterday was the fantasy football convention championship out at Joe's Live in Rosemont. We had a great time. Oh, Bub yeah. City had the food going. It was. Awesome. It was delicious. Um, Field Yates was there. Stefania Bell was there. It was a really good time talking fantasy football. And that's what I want to ask you about, Abdallah, as you head into the season. Like, I know a lot of people are going to say locally, like, what fantasy value do you have? I think Ellen Robinson will definitely be someone that people will look at early in their drafts. Trey Burton as a sleeper pick, right? A guy mm-hmm. you can get as a tight end who's really playing like a wide receiver in the offense. Jordan Howard but, for sure. Yeah, Jordan Howard for sure. What what about Mitchy the kid? Do you think people are going to
5: pick Mitchy the kid for their fantasy football team? I think somebody in your league. I'm not saying you specifically. Yes. I'm just the the audience. You yeah. Are. Well,
4: everyone everyone has the guy the 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 noob in your league,
5: not necessarily the noob. I think everybody has the jokester.
4: Well, it who could has be their both. second
5: quarterback will take Trubisky. Well, I
4: mean, listen, it was like back in the day, you know, the guy who takes like Robbie Gold, yeah, as his well, like Robbie Gold was good, for, but but at your third pick, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah you know, yeah. and and your first pick is Devin Hester, your second pick is the Bears defense, and then you take the Bears kicker as your third pick. There's always. That guy in your fantasy league, uh if you're lucky you get Cap in your league
5: and Cap's just taking bears across the board. Can I tell you something? I I feel cleansed. I have a renewed sense of life. What happened there? I have shed fantasy football be in leagues, except for one. So you're, now you're down I'm, to one. I'm down to one league. You feel good about it. And I feel great.
4: You don't want like an algorithm picking your players each week and then trying to, you know, 10,000 options. I don't want that. I want one league and that's it. You don't want to be, um, what's his name, Uh, Lucius Fox in uh, The Dark Knight standing in front of that that screens and you have
5: all these screens going of fantasy Mm -mm. football players everywhere. No, one league. That's it. That's all you've got. I've eliminated all the other leagues. One league. Well, you gotta play though. You gotta, I am playing you gotta play more than one. No, I don't. Why not? Why? why? I have one. Well, I don't what, even need what, one. what if that one league? You're not very good. I, no, this is a uh, this is. I'm in the Waddle and Sylvie League, the show league, and it's uh, if you ain't if you ain't last, you're first in that league. Can I be in that league? You yeah yeah. yeah. I, I, Eric uh, Eric's producing
4: the show. Eric Ostrowski he's done a great job today. It's uh, not Eric, up to me. I, I didn't get an invite. It didn't sound like you're yeah, it's getting not, one either. It didn't sound like it. Not up, to me. Oh, not like up it. to
5: me. Not up to me.
4: All right. Well, uh, I'm going to play some sound now since uh, I was just rudely uh, told that I can't participate, not but it's you. all right. Thanks, Abdallah. I appreciate it. You can help you. Cap. No, it's good. Help Cap. No, uh, I don't want to be he on a losing the team.
6: <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, I was listening to the Fantasy Football Focus podcast, and uh, Field Yates, Stefania Bell, mm-hmm. and Matthew Berry. We're all talking about Mitch Trubisky, his value as a fantasy player this
19: season. Will Mitch Trubisky this year be what Jared Goff was last year, Matthew, the second-year quarterback that makes a massive leap in a new offense under an offensive-minded head coach? Yes and
2: no. Uh, That's a great answer uh, right there. Thank you very much. Yeah, I
16: know. Commitment.
2: God bless. Best in the business for nothing. Hey, look, no. uh, Do I think he's Jared Goff? No. Jared Goff was a top-12 fantasy quarterback. I don't think Mitch Trubisky finishes as a top-12 fantasy quarterback. Do I think he makes a big leap? Yes, I do. Yep. So that's where the yes and no comes from. Okay. Fair enough. So I do think he makes a big leap. I think he's an interesting guy. Um, First off, you just like the change in coordinator. So, uh, you know, Matt Nagy, uh, obviously very successful from the Andy Reid coaching tree. All those offenses. We've seen what Doug Peterson obviously has done in Philadelphia, also in the Andy Reid coaching tree. It's going to be a fantasy friendly offense. It's going to be a pass first offense and they've given him some toys to play with and we'll go through that as well. But just adding people like Trey Burton, like Alan Robinson, like Taylor Gabriel, um, uh, you know, Using Tariq Cohen more creatively He's a more mobile quarterback Than I think people give him credit for 41 different carries last year Had a run gaining more than 10 yards in 6 different games Last year, so yeah, there's some sneaky Fantasy value to be had with Mitch Trubisky This season. He's certainly
19: one of the Many quarterbacks that we feel has more Upside than his current ranking is reflected On. 23rd in terms of ADP, you him at 22, him at 25, consensus rank is 20 For Mitch Trubisky. He's exciting We all want to see it
4: Yes, we do. We all want to see it. And then also on the Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, the gang also talked about Jordan Howard. What is his value in this Bears offense for fantasy football players?
19: I wonder if it's possible that a running back who has an ADP of 16 could maybe even be undervalued. Jordan Howard has been pigeonholed. Of course, Jordan Howard, friend of the podcast, who joined us in Houston at the end of two seasons ago, um, who is a workhorse back for Houston. That much is abundantly clear. I mean, for you, for, for Chicago. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, He is one of just two players over the past two seasons with 250 or more carries and a thousand or more rushing yards. He and Le'Veon Bell, good company to be in. But people think of him as just a grinder between the tackles, Matthew. Does he have more pass catching ability that we should be mindful of? I don't believe so. He made
2: my hate list Ooh, uh, interesting. I mean, and look, it's tough. Any running back with a pulse has some value these days in the NFL. So it was hard to find running back hate. But I have him as running back 19, his current ADP is, is, you know, in the sort of 15, 16, so slightly lower. Part of the concern is I just don't know that he's a fit for what they want to do on offense. So, uh, you know, he's somebody that sort of in his, his rookie year ended up getting a lot of junk time scoring. Like, just, you know, the the Bears were out of it. Yep. Now, listen, the, the, the counter-argument is that this is going to be a better offense, it's going to be more competitive, they'll be up, so maybe they'll be able to run here. But here's somebody that has dropped 13.9% of his targets in his NFL career. That's the third highest rate among running backs in that time frame like he has never proven in his NFL career that he is a good pass catcher. And this is this is if you think about what they did in Kansas City, if you think about um kind of the Andy Reid offenses, it always features a pass catching running back and it's one of the reasons why Tariq Cohen, who is a small guy. I'm not I'm not sitting here suggesting that Tariq Cohen could be an every down back, but they are moving him all over the field. They're going I think people are going to be surprised at how much Three Cohen gets used in in a variety of different ways in the Bears' offense this year.
19: I disagree a little bit. I don't have like a number that I'm affixing to it, but I do believe that Jordan Howard will prove himself to be a much more adept pass catcher. Than we realized during the
2: first season. He's talked about it being career. a focus of his work this uh, this offseason. There's no question. He knows it's it's required of him in this offense. So we'll see if he can do it.
17: I think there was also a lot of pressure on him last year. The receiving core wasn't good. He was no. the yeah. only
2: player in that offense.
17: Yeah, right. He, and he was the only one. So he was targeted for everything. He was trying to play through a couple of injuries. Remember when he was playing and he was uncomfortable and he still was out there trying to go? I, they were complementary to each other when Tree was on the field and playing well. That definitely helped Jordan Howard. I think he has a bounce back year to a degree agree i don't know if i'm thinking that that first year what we saw is what we get but i definitely think we get better player than last year
2: 4.1 uh, yards per carry last season 5.2 as a rookie we will see
4: matthew berry field gates stefania bell the fantasy football focus podcast on espn there they are right there and you heard uh stefania and field gates yesterday at the Fantasy football convention abdallah guess what oh wait what's that bip, 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 bip. We have breaking
5: news. Breaking Cubs news. Breaking news. Chris Bryant will begin a rehab stint with Iowa tomorrow. And the Cubs will go to a six-man rotation and insert Mike Montgomery into the mix. He'll start Thursday against the Braves. And the Cubs today, a 120 start.
4: Kyle Hendricks on the mound for the Chicago Cubs, looking to string together a few good starting uh, pitching rotation uh, cycles here as we head down to
5: the stretch run for the Cubs. We talked about it before with the Cubs. The Cubs won the World Series when they had a huge lead in September. They could rest their players. Yep. They could set up the rotation the way they wanted to. Everything fell into place. This is your time. You've run one four in a row. You're going for the sweep today against a guy in Homer Bailey who's one in 11 that has an over six ERA. You can win today. You've got three games. I know you're facing Syndergaard and DeGrom, but it is a crappy Mets team. You can win three games out of, uh, go on a run, separate yourself from the Brewers and Cardinals. Go on this and create some separation so when we get to the middle of September, you can rest your players, you can set up the rotation, and you can go on another run the way you did when you won the World Series.
4: Kyle Hendricks tossed a quality start last Tuesday in uh, Detroit, but took the loss as the Cubs uh, lost the game 2-1. to one. Uh, He allowed a season-high 10 hits, just two runs in the seven innings he pitched. His seventh outing of the season of at least seven innings or more. So Kyle Hendricks last time out, a good start for him, but the Cubs lost the game anyway. We'll see what he can do today on the mound. Chris Black and Am Abdallah right here on ESPN
0: 1000. This is Chicago's game day only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
4: Chris Black and Am Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We're here for another 10 minutes right here on ESPN 1000. Then you can hear Abdallah with Waddle and Sylvie tomorrow starting at 2. I'll be with Cap at 9 a.m. We'll be back on Tuesday night at 9 o'clock on Tuesday night. We will do our college football preview podcast live on the air. The
5: show starts at 7. Yes. We'll give you plenty of Bears thoughts, yes. all that good stuff. But at 9 o'clock is normally we do our college football preview podcast. We condensed it down. We're going to do it live on the air for that hour. We go through the over-unders for the top 25 teams in Illinois, and we talk about them, and we put our stamp of approval, whether we agree with the over or the under. It's completely organic. We don't talk about it ahead of time. If we both like it, we decide whether or not we are going to gamble on it. And the last few years, last two years, seven wins, one loss— three pushes yeah it's been pretty good the last couple of years and if we don't have
4: any we don't have any yeah you know like that's the beauty of gambling on sports is like you don't have
5: to but if you see an opportunity take advantage i think we'll have a few the problem is i think the ones we're going to agree on i've been looking at at the numbers and i've been looking at the over-unders a lot of juice a lot of juice out there like if you want to bet on the Wisconsin over or the Alabama over. You got to lay a lot of juice and that's not value. So even if we both agree, like if we both say over 10 wins, right? Right. We might not bet it because I'm not betting -190 or something like that. You right. know what like I mean? So- someone
4: like Georgia, their their over under is 10 and a half mm-hmm. and their like FPI is 10.9. So mm-hmm. so an over, right? Their strength of schedule is 50 in the country. Yeah. They're one of the best teams in the country. Absolutely. They are probably going to win
5: 11 games. Love that. What is Love their that. value there? But what's what's the number? I'm asking you. Do you know the number? I don't know it off the top of my head. What, I can what, look what, it up. what is, What is – what – I will look it up. I mean, what are you doing? We're doing a preview. We're doing a preview of the podcast. The over on.
4: Oh, that's not bad. One thirty. Well, we might have to stamp Georgia when we get to it. We'll uh, talk about Georgia on on Tuesday Tuesday night. night. On Tuesday night. Join us at nine o'clock. We'll start the show at seven. But of course, I'm just promoting that as well. Three, one, two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. Scott in Oakland, California calls uh, from the Bay. And Scott, your A's have been fantastic. But you have a football question. Go ahead, man.
10: Yes, the A's have been fantastic. Uh, Well, hey, I was calling. I think Jim Pastor's going to like my call. Uh, I know there's (laughs) been a lot of noise about the – and, look, if Mac was going to leave the Raiders, of course uh, the Bears would be the team I'd want him to go to. Uh, But just a couple things, all right? The Raiders drafted three defensive linemen to help improve the rush around Mac. one of them uh, that's Stud Hurst from Michigan. Uh, They brought in Derek Johnson uh, as a free agent from Kansas City, and he's just going to be a pass rush guy. And uh, our, our former announcer, you know, that weasel uh, Mark Davis fired Greg Papa, who's been the Raiders yes. announcers for, announcer for 20 years. Uh, the fans are quite upset about that. Uh, but anyway. Uh, Papa's but Papa, doing the
4: pregame show for the 49ers now, isn't he?
10: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's so talented. Yeah. Uh, of course, he was going to get, you know, Papa's got a schedule a lot like Cap. Yes. He does, like the, he does uh, Warriors post game. He mm-hmm. does Giants post. Uh, now he's working for the Niners. He's got his uh, a radio show like Cap does during the week. But he has so, hair, uh,
6: though.
10: <laughs> he, he does have hair, and, and he's from Syracuse. So shame on Cap from uh, for uh, criticizing uh, the Syracuse broadcasting. But uh, but anyway, I I don't think the Raiders. Papa feels the Raiders have leverage because uh, you know Max got a year left. They can franchise him next year. So you never know because Gruden's been pretty crazy this year, but uh, I don't think uh, Mack is going to go to the Raiders. So, by the way, I got Anthony Miller in the 17th round uh, yesterday in our fantasy draft, so nice. I thought I got a pretty good steal there. That is yeah, a thanks, absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Thanks,
4: Scott. Thanks for always listening and tweeting us, and uh, enjoy your Sunday. Uh, Chris Blake, Am Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Abdallah, you know how um, – when a new article is published, it, do you have like the Apple News app on your phone? I know everyone has it, but do you have the alerts on it? I do not have the alerts on it. No. Okay, so so I never turn mine off. So I get like push notifications for articles that are published to it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I got one uh, from the Wall Street Journal. Ooh, push notified to my phone as we were doing the, the show today.
5: Uh, 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 we just call that the journal. I don't know yeah, if you know
4: yeah that. the journal. Is, is that what you call it in the your the circle? Journal. Uh, here is the headline. I call it the journal. Here's the headline that was push notified to me from the Wall Street Journal as we were doing the show earlier. Yeah, so if yeah, you have an yeah. iPhone and you have uh, this app, right, and you haven't turned it off, you probably got the same notification. Here's what it says. Sorry, pal. I don't want to talk. The other reason people wear AirPods. Ooh. So it's an, an article about people walking around with the Apple White wireless headphones in mm-hmm. and how people are just walking around wearing them so they don't have to talk to you. Now, I- Now, why is this new for the AirPods? Because when I have my headphones with me, the wired headphones, I do the same thing. I'm not listening to anything. I just don't want to talk to you. I do that all the time. But why why is this new with the AirPods? Why do we need this article from the Wall Street Journal?
5: I don't this? know why. Yeah, I don't this, know. This
4: is an old, old school move. Aww. Like this is something I've been doing since day one of having my, my iPod.
5: The journal is slipping. What's going on here? Journal is slipping.
4: All right, Black and Abdallah, we'll be back on Tuesday night, seven to ten, nine o'clock. We'll do a college football preview. O'clock. And you can hear both of us all day tomorrow with Cap and Company, Carmen and Yurko, Waddle and Sylvie. Starting at nine. Talk to you then. See